station is being brought to you via Nolsoft's Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. This is Veronica Whitney Robinson, the author of the Star Wars Galaxy novel, The Ruins of Dantooine, and you are listening to Star Wars On Direct. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an Internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com, fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Transmissions. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Get a cop. The contract beam is pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. And welcome to Star Wars Sound Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Hi everybody, this is Will Mutei, is accompanied by the producer of the show, none other than Lunatic. Hello. And the word we all hail from, Kit Fisto. How you doing? Pretty good. Liar. <laughs> it was a <laughs> shitty day at work for him. Poor kid. 
And uh, today, the main subject will be the Silent But Deadly trilogy, movies by uh, Jeff Cialetti and Lou Tambone. And of course, we'll be interviewing those producers. Uh, we also have our hyperspace segment, the Star Wars Miscellaneous News, and the community update later in the show. But right now, we're going to go to my friend, Kit Fisto, who's going to tell you how to contact us. You can reach us by MSN Messenger, at, by adding the user SWENdirect at Hotmail.com, by email by emailing us at studio at sw.com go to en.com <coughs> wait that was wrong swendirect.com and then go to the website for the chat room for the webcam and also to join our newsletter to get exclusive information before it's, it shows up on the webpage approximately the same thing okay depends if you have Windows or Macintosh <laughs> It's called multitasking and everything. (laughs) But first, do we have a word of our producer? Oh. What was it? I wrote it, but... (laughs) The word word of the producer (laughs) is... I. (laughs) I know. If you have uh, anything, Femfem or something, uh, Femfem you want to promote, like Jetten or anything else, just contact us. That's it. Yeah, it's 50 bucks per plug. Because, <laughs> you know, we got to pay for the servers and everything. So, <laughs> No kidding. SimpleNet gives us really great price. No, that's my, a plug. No, that's a plug. <laughs> <laughs> no, first we're going to go to uh, my friend Kit Fisto who's going to review the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, it's an um, indie film that has been released in... Um, well, it's released in a few cities. Yeah, Across I know. I know. There's a America. premiere. There's a premiere tomorrow, actually, with SimpleNet. Actually, so that's the third sneak preview. Yeah. out of a set of three. And when uh, does it officially open? July second in Montreal, but it's already open in New York and L.A. Okay. and other places across the states. You can also go to if you go to NapoleonDynamite.com. There are you can get free pass. You can get tickets to the movie if you live in a city where they're having sneak previews. That's why you uh, that went to see it three times? That's, it's going to be third time tomorrow night. <laughs> and I get free prizes. Every, every uh, showing you get, you get a free t-shirt, and you get free stuff after the movie. It's a good deal. It's free, and you get free junk. It's great. <laughs> free junk. And it's a really, really funny movie. You get a happy ending? No. Oh. Well, it, yeah, kind of. Okay. It's, if you liked Bottle Rocket, you will love this. We, we did all study in movies, you know. Bottle Rocket is the, is um, people who made uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, I didn't like the Royal Tenenbaums. It was it's long. It, it's more like it was painful. the first movie. And uh, Rushmore, Wes Anderson. Okay. Wes Anderson's movies. Yeah. Kind of like that. Okay. I, I loved it. I'm going to go see it for a third time, which is proof that I loved it. Damn. And he's not even going to go see Star Wars that many times. Uh, Star Wars, I saw Attack of the Clones three times in the theaters. But I paid every time. I haven't paid it once in Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> see, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we go to White Chicks, the latest yes. Damon, uh, the latest Wayans Brothers movie. Was it funny? It was, it was. You didn't see it? No, you didn't, I didn't see, see it. it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to waste my money on that. No, that's see, how... That's we how didn't waste money on that we, we had passes, but he decided to go see Napoleon Dynamite for a and second I, time. And I got my money's worth, and I, I got a good movie. Yeah, okay. Anyway, White Chicks was really funny as well. Uh, basic, basic plot story is just uh, 
two FBI agents who uh, get this bogus mission because nobody else wants it, and they, in the midst of thing, they they ended up they end up with the mission, and they of course totally screw it up. So they have to stand in for two white girls, and they're two black guys. Makes it a little bit. <laughs> but most definitely, this year at the MTV uh, Movie Awards, they will be able to say we actually had vaginas. Because a couple that of years was one of the that was one of the worst. Yes, MTV award shows that they've ever done was when they hosted. I know, but still, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure you'd be with the white chicks. I wouldn't Maybe. be. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So uh, it's a, it's a really funny movie. They get they get like really. It's, it's a weekend sick uh, jokes. Yeah, it's a weekend movie. If you if you have nothing to do on a matinee and you want to have a good laugh and you want to go to the theater, you can also you can go see White Chicks because you'll you'll. It's a light comedy. You you will like the the, the big black man, Natural. Natural, the That's football player the football or baseball player, player trying to player. hit on uh, one of the two white chicks. Yes, wh- which is a black guy in, in reality. He's it's like so funny because he looks at the girl and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's it. Okay, <laughs> okay that's not good. Don't go there." <laughs> and he reinvented this. They reinvented the saying that says, "When you go, once you go black, you don't turn back. It's once you go black, you lose all the feelings in your legs." And you see, you see a couple of girls during the movie just on rolling, rolling, rolling next to the trail on wheelchairs. And at the end of the movie, he, push, he pushes that even, even further, and he says, "Don't worry. After a while, the feelings come. The feeling comes back into the in, in your legs." So, but but the blagger is so much, was so lame in his pickup lines. Oh, uh, it's incredible. It's like you like large tongues because yeah. I got a big tongue. Wow. You know, and he tried to put a. a <coughs> Uh, you know the uh, rape pills in the, uh, in, the girl's drink, Spanish e- in the girls' drink in the girls' drink and, and and the a- FBI agent dressed up as the white girl just changed the drink and he goes like raving on the dance floor after a while with the 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 the, the little the whistle the whistle and the fluorescent the, that's the plastic the plastic colors you see in raving yeah. in rays yeah. and stuff like that it's <laughs> so it's bad sick. it's just <laughs> sick so it's, it's still a good movie yeah. and another good movie is Dodgeball oh yeah yes Danny and I saw it last night and you went to the premiere yes it was so hilarious because we're better than you and, and you we know, know it, it. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's a really good movie uh, Ben 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 Stiller Vince Vaughn really Rip, good crew Rip Torn Rip Torn yeah a lot of good actors who was the guy from News Radio the big fat guy from the office space, I forget. Yeah. The actor's name. And some cameo from Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. You see Chuck Norris. Vince, William uh, Shatner. And Vince, the, uh, the the guy who won the Tour de France. Uh, Lance uh, Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. That's it. I mean, I'm sure you got a good recoup. <laughs> I got so brain bad. cancer, testicular cancer, and lung cancer all at the same time. <laughs> but, but, I did, but I'm sure you have a good, good reason. reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so ba- basically, the the story is there's a big chain of of gym called Globo Gym, <laughs> and they want to buy the little average, average Joe, Joe gym, gym, which is the name of the company, to to put a parking lot for the big gym. And the uh, manager of the average Joe gym is in debt of fifty thousand dollars. So they they find a way to they go to a dodgeball tournament, tournament you know, to, to win international dodgeball tournament. 
and it's it's pretty goofy yeah. in Las Vegas because of course it's there's this guy in the in the average Joe's crew who actually reads this uh, it, this magazine obscure sports quarterly that's yeah. it this obscure magazine called the obscure sport quarterly and uh, no a lot more racing you know kind of all those kind of sports ESPN eight it's the Ocho yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and after that uh, well the global gym find out about this so they enter and, and then through the, the competition and it goes to a final showdown between the, the two teams the purple cobras and the purple cobras it's just the way the way they present themselves in the yeah. bar when they when they actually inform the other team that they're going to play like this is because we will we will rock you Purple chef, laser. You have laser. laser. What's the name of the girl from Romania who's like, she throws at 90 miles per hour and like <laughs> kills the buck out of a guy. It's incredible. She got one I eyebrow. Dead. <laughs> I think he's dead. Hey, it was pretty funny. It was really cool. And you got like really freaking weird. Uh, you will nice. remember when you were young in school and played and dodgeball. Played bo- dodgeball and getting one on the head. No, wow! Y- they get hit in the head often. Often, yes. and you have pain just watching people yeah. on the screen get hit. You, the crowd is oh, and you know, <laughs> they just scream uh, in pain. You know, especially you the wrenches. You can feel their pain when they, they threw the wrenches. Yeah. That's oh my gosh, training. that was awful. Because of like course, if you can dodge a ball, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. They keep throwing wrenches <laughs> at them. These big heavy wrenches getting hit in the head with yeah, that. Like Westcott wrenches and uh, Allen keys and stuff. And <coughs> goes the other te- the other test is if you can dodge traffic, you can dodge <laughs> a ball, <laughs> dodge a ball. And of course, <laughs> and the guy gets it like get three times by get a car. By three times. <laughs> <laughs> this is this this is actually worth like a Friday night movie with your friends with your guy Just friends. Just have a laugh, even if it's yeah. it's, it's pretty and funny. You get you go get a beer afterward and you have tons of fun. Yeah, and they reinvented the dodgeball game <laughs> because th- that's not no like not the way playing. I played. Yeah. I don't know that maybe that's the American dodgeball. Maybe with six ball at, uh, at the same time. I don't, I don't know. know. We were playing with one ball. I used to play with one, one or ball. two. One, only one. Sometimes two if you want to add some strategy. Yeah, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, with the... No. Because then you could hit, you could gang up on the other team. Yeah. And two balls are the same, <laughs> same, hit, same person. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's that it. Fun. There's no way to catch <laughs> the ball. You want one of the big guys who throws at the little guy with the, the I was the a glasses? small kid when I was in school. Okay. He used to be small. Yeah. Now he's big, tall, and... Beautiful man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to Sorry, feel now. <laughs> Should I be offended <laughs> or flattered? <laughs> coming from a guy, <laughs> coming from a woman, you'd be you'd be flattered. When, when yeah, okay. but for me, I'm not sure. You can be flattered. Okay. But I'm I'm still very very heterosexual. <laughs> I'd like to remind that to everyone listening out there. And of course, on a more serious note, Fahrenheit 9/11 came out this uh, this week. Yeah, that is that's hard. Oh, that's harsh. We see all the. That's the it, George. You're going back you're to the screwed. ranch. You're You're so going back to your ranch. You, you know, I was watching uh, TV this morning. Yeah. And I turned on to Fox, you know, to see what was on. It was early Sunday morning. I'm not usually up early Sunday morning, and they were broadcasting Fox News. 
and they were showing the polls. And I was just kind of funny to say that, is this just a momentary blip? Because he, had, he Bush had kind of dipped. He kind of dropped. <laughs> and they, none of them seemed to notice that maybe it was because Fahrenheit came out. Yeah. Yeah. They're not very quick at Fox News. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it, that, that's kind of they explained. They kind of make up their own news. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's, what, that's what he explains in, in, the, the, in the movie. Is that, that they explain the, the <laughs> election. How it came out? Every everybody thought that Al Gore was going to win the, the last election. All the channels, yeah. all e- everyone. Channels. And then Fox News says, "Oh no, it's gonna be Bush. It's gonna be Bush." Everybody changed, yeah. and everybody went with Bush. And does Just the world of change? Florida. Yes. And, and you see all the workings behind the Bush family. How how many how many all how much times. percentage of the time was he in office? When oh, he was in for six, office, six months from out January to September 11th, it was like six months in vacation, eight mo- two months in the office. Exactly, something like that. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but but I you don't need to be in the in Washington to get business done. Then I'm gonna have some importing meeting meeting meeting, meeting people very important. Tonight, You're yeah, gonna see people. And we're gonna, gonna do some out. work. We're gonna do some work. I really left when. Oh, we were digging for some bugs, you know. We were digging under there. We we're gonna smoke them out. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a documentary. Don't go there to to see special effects or something. It's mostly archives uh, from the government or something, the public yep. archives, and the rest is from what uh, Michael filmed for his movie. Yeah. So there's a lot of archives. It's you, could, you see George Bush, Bush when, when he was, he was young. very young. Yeah. What they didn't get to into is his days in college, where I think would have been interesting yep. when he was a coke fiend. Mm-hmm. They showed the uh, uh, two version of the uh, the document when he was in the army, why he was thrown why out. Why he was discharged. Yeah, discharged. And who was discharged with yeah. him. And they did the background on, on this other guy too. And <laughs> it turns out they were... James R. Bath. Yeah. yeah. Turns out they were buddies and this big conspiracy to get oil yeah. and money. See, and that, the all, all the thing that they're the link with the Ben Laden family. It's Saudi know? oil. Yeah, and also the uh, the big weapon company, the uh, United Defense. United Defense. They were having a meeting in New York the very morning that 9/11 happened. Yeah, but the w- the way you know you could see. George's face going, and you have um, Michael's narrating in the uh, in the morning in the morning nar- of yeah, of 9/11, and he's just narrating above him. But you see, he's like, "Fuck!" Told him to wait, but no, no. I, I think he was just like a deer stuck in the headlights. Yep. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> like what to do? What to do? <laughs> Let's read the kid's story. <laughs> That's it. This is where I'm. <laughs> this is where I am right now. And, and you know, there, there's so if there's I would have been present, I would have gotten the hell out yeah. of there. In and a there were there's so much linked with every Bush's friend and the Saudis and the and his cousin and, and his and you see his brothers and his brother brothers and, and you see whatever. how much money the Bush family makes from the Saudis compared 1.4 billion, billion and four compared to the American 40, people. 40,000 uh, 40, US for the presidency for yeah. being president a year and 1.4 billion 
Well, you know, there, there, there's one thing that, that, that really makes you think in that movie, and it, you see that Michael actually got the uh, George W. Bush uh, US, U.S. Army records before he actually has the question and they actually rendered their, their mm -hmm. records public. And it was there's the post version that, that Michael had and there's the after version that the the, uh, the, the present the people at the, the Pentagon released. And it's all the, all the censorship that's happening in all those files. I mean I'm sorry. A lot of black markers. If <laughs> if there's such a thing as like if you if, if someone becomes the president of the United States If, a if thousands and thousands of people are to put their trust into him, they should be able to know everything about him. I don't care if it's that he had chicken pox when he was seven years old, or that he actually has some VD. They should know about it. Everything. I don't care. Everything. Just like, and I'm going to bring this up because it's another big conspiracy, Area 51, Roswell incident. I mean, you've seen the reports... The first couple of pages are really nice, but try to get something out of out of the five last pages. There's five words per pages, not black. They're not even five words. <laughs> it's all black. <laughs> so you know, what are what are what are they so afraid of? That the public is not ready or something? Come on. But that's anyway. not the point. The point is that we don't know like what's going on, and Michael Moore is actually like just showing how much the the American <coughs> people are lied to. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's also saying the. He's also pointing a fact that, you know, th in this world, a lot relies on business relations. It's so all business. If you can make business relations, you're going to be okay. If you can't, well, your It's son's going to go to war, to war, and he's going to die. And that's what happens. Well, if you're born poor, you're going to die poor. Is what yeah, well, basically, it 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 it's the, the poor people that go fight for the U.S., not the rich exactly. people. And the the first part of the movie is more about the conspiracy and everything surrounding Bush, and the second part it's more during and after the war That's in Iraq. In Iraq, so you see people getting blown up. Uh, what I didn't family, like. Family. Uh, what I what I think they should have gone more into is the way that they have mercenaries working in that area, yeah. and they're But the ones that are messing things up. Mm -hmm. Not the soldiers? Yeah, but maybe that when the movie was filmed, there were not as much mercenaries as now. Yeah. Anyway. Still. Just to say, this is still, this is still as it's pointed out in the chat right now, is it's, it is still a very one-sided uh, movie, and we don't have, like, the other side story. Uh, one thing I'd like to point out, it's not because you know Osama bin Laden that you're automatically a terrorist yourself. But there's also the point to bring up that if, Sebastian, you went AWOL and you killed a bunch of people, I think the cops would want to talk to me and Danny. And most definitely. Family. Yeah, and most definitely. And your no, family. Most definitely. I'm not, I'm not going to say he was wrong about that. He was totally right about that. And the fact is that all <coughs> the Bin Laden fa uh, family members that were in the U.S., about you know, 25. 20, 25 or something, they got clearance from the government. To fly, even to in the no-fly... Uh, to, to get away, that's it. To get away. Uh, right now, the website IraqBodyCount.net is still reporting some uh, casualties that, that are happening in Iraq. Minim minima minimal casualties for civilians killed by military interve intervention are up It's to 9,436. Yeah. Between 10,000. And in the maximum, it's 11,317. So that's that's a lot of people who died, and that's not even counting the people who just got 
like hurt, wounded, yeah, wounded and stuff. And I just want to say one thing to to be on the good side of Bush, because I really respect the guy, even though he didn't do like a ton. He didn't really do a good, a ton of good things, but Baghdad could have been the second Hiroshima, and it wasn't. And I respect him for just for that, just for that. If you blow up, if you, if, strings anyway. if you blow up Iraq, you destroy all or the oil. That's where the money is. Yeah, that's okay. I can understand that. But still, some other presidents would basically have just literally don't think so. Baghdad. No. If that, if there was a, if there would have been real eyes, then, 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 if Hiroshima had had oil <coughs> reserves around it, they wouldn't have thrown down the bomb. Probably not. Who cares? Ju- what I'm saying is all that the companies. There was a meeting to uh, to have more U.S. companies invest con- in yeah. invest in Iraq the reconstruction and there was all the whole thing came around. Once we get the money rolling with oil, once the oil starts yeah. pumping, once the oil, the yeah. oil, the yeah. oil, the oil, the money, the, the money, the money. There's the, the money. big mon- big it. money to be made. Eh, the guy was there's uh, anyway. You know, it could have been a lot worse. I think he restrained himself a little bit. And one thing that I found very interesting to learn is the fact that the company who is on the Dow Jones as the the bank representative of all the mother of all banks, Citibank, is actually fifty to seventy percent Saudi investing in investments. They own seven the Saudis own seven percent of the American economy. Yeah. So that's what they said, yeah. It's it's very scary. On this note, we're going to go to our first musical break. Yep. And uh, we're going to be listening to tons of music. There's going to be Not the Empire, uh, Karaoke Star Wars Brody from Etorian. And uh, we're going to be listening also to Men to Live, Switchfoot. We'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct. Ooh, 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 ooh
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars.
Hello, this is Paul Lenz, director of Lucas Online, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Let's say hi to all our friends in the chat with us right now. We have Dal, Sturge, Ender, Jeff Rooney, uh, Miss Master Duran, Raven, Septarian, Siabi, and Tiger Claw. Yay! And Welcome, ju- everyone. Ju- ju- just to, like, clear up a little something, we're not saying, like, George Bush is bad, and Michael Moore is good, and, you know, you should listen to the only truth. We're just, like, mediums. We're media. We have to stay neutral. So, just go see the movie and make up your own opinion. That's all I'll say. I think... Did okay. I, did I jinx you? <laughs> I'm not biased, but I'm not going to quote Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, we're going to go to the hyperspace segment, which is Fox related to news related to Fox, because uh, they sort of have a little way on the end of the money as Star Wars. They yeah. don't. George okay. Lucas can make his own movie and distribute his own movie, whatever he wants. Yeah. He does Fox a favor. Yes, <laughs> he does, indeed. In any way, uh, we're going to ask you... We're going to... Going to to warn you about the fact that there's a lot of spoilers in the hyperspace segment. If you don't want to listen to it, you should turn down the volume uh, right when you hear the Star Wars, the hyperspace intro. And uh, if you want to, if you feel like talking about uh, spoilers, if you want to do so in the Star Wars on Direct chat room, you should go to my room one and not do so in the default room. And if you want to do so in any internet forums, please do it in the appropriate forums and not in the forums that are close to discussions on episode 3 so that those who want to stay spoiler free till episode 3 will remain spoiler free till episode 3 through episode 3 through whatever ready are you ready and here we go oh crap prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mom alright stand by And today's segment will last a couple of minutes as something around 15 to 20 minutes. The voice of Yoda, the work on the voice of Yoda is almost done. It's completed if we listen to, if we, if we take a look at the interview that Frank Oz gave uh, for the movie The Step Through the Wise that came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he mentioned to the website IESB.net that the dialogues for Yoda for episode 3 had been completed and you shouldn't do any any more works on that. However, as we'll see later, there might be some more shots with Yoda, so who knows? You might have to come back and record some more stuff. <coughs> USA Today gave us troubling news because they met with George Lucas and the uh, title of episode 3 could actually be on the internet right now. The uh, reporter who met with George Lucas ask him about a couple of questions about the episode 3 and about the title of episode 3. Lucas mentioned the fact that the title was on, will not be, actually, known to the, to the public before November, when the first trailer will be making its apparition in theaters. But Lucas did say that some fans on some website actually managed to guess the title correctly. Journal, the reporter actually mentioned the fact that, you know, could it be the title Rise of the Empire? George says, no, that's not it. And for the title Revenge of the Sith, 
Lucas smiled, just like smiled back, and he said, "It's a possibility there are many titles on the internet right now." At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we, we will, will have, have revenge. revenge. You know, we'll see. Could make sense. Would close down. I the don't s- care about the title. Could it doesn't matter. <laughs> Why? It's still going to be the same movie. Yes. You can't change anything by speculating it on. No. But you can change like the meaning of it in a way. In your crazy theories. In my crazy mm. theories. No, you had a crazy theory that you wanted to. Uh, yeah, but good I don't thing remember. I don't remember. Good <laughs> thing you forgot. <laughs> it's a good thing I forgot about. Maybe it will come back to me on the show. Who knows? It, w- uh, it was when we were seeing a movie, I think. Wasn't it after? It, it was after. Uh, Michael's Moore, My, Michael Moore's movie. Yeah. That this crazy theory came to me. But in any case, uh, some details coming from the marketing uh, marketing meeting with Lucasfilm uh, said says Yakface will, Vader will be present in all the publicity of uh, Episode Three. There will there are many concepts of publicity that are uh, surrounding Star Wars Episode Three, which have revenge as a word in them. Maybe it's a it's a little insight int as as to the title, which you don't care about. The documentary of Episode Three included on the DV, in the DVD of the classic trilogy will not be containing as many spoilers as the one we saw with Episode Two uh, on the VHS. Uh, what is that? Yet collecting news. <laughs> Stealing my news. I'm sorry, man, but it's gonna be there. So uh, it's gonna be there's gonna be less uh, less spoilers, which is a good thing. The first uh, trailer of Episode Three will be in November. Will be coming out in November. Second one will be coming out in April 2005. The derivated products from Episode Three will be available the first week of Collectibles. April. Collectibles. Well, no, it's actual products. Any yeah. merchandising That's pertaining it. to Episode Three yeah. will be available in the first week of April 2005. That's it. Episode 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6 will be aired, aired on Fox, on Fox TV a- Network. Yes, in April 2005, following Fox News. <laughs> the DVD of, those two, of the, first season, of the two first seasons of Clone Wars will be available in the first quarter of 2005, from January to March. And Lucasfilm has uh, renewed his license with Burger King, Pepsi, and uh, Frito-Lay. Now, Pepsi and Frito-Lay actually are part of Trico, which also includes it's Tricon. Tricon. Which also includes KFC, uh, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. Which is strange because Burger King has nothing to do with there. I know. <laughs> so I'm ho- I'm actually hoping that Star Wars merchandising will be o- will be at Burger King because it would be more affordable. Not <laughs> really. Well, if 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 you want to get like just the box at Pizza Hut for Episode One, you had to actually buy a pizza. For what? The what? The, the boxes with the faces of the characters for episode yeah. if, you, if you were collecting those if you wanted you to had to buy a pizza to get a pizza box yes yeah because they count those they're stupid no Should, I'm, I'm gonna give you five bucks just give me the, the stupid box because that's how a bunch of pizza is I went to KFC and they gave me the buckets I still have the two buckets that's KFC though <laughs> <laughs> whatever okay why do you collect that because I'm a collector of weird things you're a scavenger Yes, he's <laughs> a rat. I, w- I I will take uh, Star Wars trailers instead of room payment. So, yeah, 
for those of you out there who might have Star Wars trailers. <laughs> there's on uh, film. <laughs> on film, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's there will be a TV series, not in uh, not an animated TV series that will be beginning in 2006. So September 2006. Who knows? I hope not. Not too fast. What? Too fast? <coughs> That'd be like almost a year after yeah. episode three. A year. And I want to give them like more time so that they really do get prepared and have but like they, a good But they're story. supposed to be working on beginning working on it right now. Yes, but you know, DVD release is such a far is, is, is so far away. And DVDs are so hard to produce, as George Lucas has said many digital times. Digital to digital. <laughs> Indeed. You know. Uh, before the helmet, there was uh, confirmation of a spoiler in the, in the one of the one of the two before the helmet uh, that came out. The one of them was T and Madden, the, the character played by Bruce Spence. Second one is uh, actually the bridge of an Imperial Star Destroyer, which, if you take a good look at the upper left corner, you'll see the back of the Cape of Darth Vader, and if t- if you take a look just in diagonal from that, you'll see the boots of an officer looking at Darth Vader. And both looking at the Death Star, probably? both looking outside by a bay window. So, who knows what's happening? Uh, the image is entitled "Bridging the Saga," and the text accompanying it is a an upper view of a familiar set occupied by a familiar personnel. So, fairly interesting picture. Yep. Uh, it, if it keeps on going at this rhythm, right before right, the. Yeah. The, the before the helmet pictures They're going to tell us Everything about the movie Don't we know everything? Yeah but you know It's like Just confirming more And more and more That's cool And the magazine I Triple E Spectrum Had a chance To take some pictures in, Inside of ILM And while they were Interviewing Steve Sullivan One of the engineers From the uh, Research and development Department Mm-hmm. That was interesting, and the PR department of ILM actually gave gave a hand to the guy who were taking the pictures, and they took a picture of a Darth Vader suit, which for a which lo- is the one used at Lucasfilm events and not the one from Episode Three. That's it. That's what Pablo said. That's what Pablo mentioned after the guy. A lot of people from uh, I3 Spec I Three E Spectrum <laughs> mentioned the fact that it was the costume from Episode Three. But if you take a good look at it. First of all, the helmet looks lo- more like from like it's from the, A New Hope, and the gloves are so not looking at, like anything we are awaiting to see in Episode Three. And you said uh, that it was missing the chain. From the chain the, the is the actually cake? under the ca- uh, under his helmet, which it should be above in A New Hope. I think it's helmet. It's under at some points in Empire, and it's back above the uh, his chest plate in uh, Return of the Jedi. Don't ask me why I know these yeah, things. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watch the movie too much. You recognize that the chain moves, and the chain changes. Actually, it's a different chain from a New Hope to Return of the Jedi, because it wasn't heavy enough, so that's why it moved back on. In any case, Gary Holman should be the one doing the voice for General Grievous. It was actually mentioned by ComingSoon.com, and he's the, uh, we recently saw him in Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter, and uh, he does has a good voice to play General Grievous but you know I'm not sure it's not been confirmed yet however it's CNN Pomal confirmed. <laughs> it's Pomal confirmed uh, I like it's, it's Pomal confirmed it's it's pretty much in I, French I, I like the way you brought the French accent to, to this all CNN I actually mentioned it in IMDB as well as well as GQ and Wizard News 
So we're just missing. It's again Pomad confirmed. That's it. We're just <laughs> missing news from Lucasfilm. You know, it's like, hello, is that the last casting you had to do? And uh, the Brit, the British uh, magazine actually uh, has a great picture. Has a great cover. The picture of uh, of General Grievous, which is it's it's been out there for a while, but not like this because. The, the faceplate that he that he has looks more like it's made out of skull or something bone, like that yeah. or bone like and it's battle damage <laughs> and it's battle damage too so it really looks terrifying in between having Grievous breathing down my neck and an alien breathing down my neck I'll go with an alien breathing down my neck it, it, you won't be alive for very much longer because yeah. because it's saliva will eat through your neck yeah. but <laughs> yeah it's a but either case you know I'd rather I, I'd still rather have the alien. <laughs> Whoever wins, we lose. Whoever wins, <laughs> we lose. Uh, second, the session, the second session of shooting will begin on, on uh, August twenty third. Promises to be a very interesting uh, se- session of shooting, because uh, as it was with the the other the other films, they had a lot of reshoots to do. And they're going back to uh, England, actually. Going right there. Do you think they will be filming some some scenes for the DVDs? Reshooting some scenes? No, too late. Too late, too late for that. Yeah. So it's it keeps on gaining momentum as the May 19, 2005 date looms even nearer. The next big milestone has been scheduled for the round of additional photography for August 23rd. <laughs> As was done in the previous film, the first round of principal photography is followed by months of editing that generates new angles, scenes, and ideas. These will capture it onto onto HD in a brief but intense stint of additional photography. No, that's actually uh, general content, dude. Don't. Don't? Why? It's cyberspace content. No, it's not. It's not. Okay. Okay. It's not and I don't care. <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> That's all I have to say. We're we're owning <laughs> in a There second. goes a shirt off your back. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Rick McCallum, director George Lucas has shown the Ralph Scott to select uh, department heads and close friends and involving edit currently as a number of placeholder animatics that will have to be replaced with new footage. And uh, they're awaiting the second uh, version of the film to be uh, done in July so that they will be able to show it to some of more so, some of George's private friends and, and uh, other people like that to get an appreciation of the movie and see what they have to do. Uh, joining the production is visual effects supervisor Roger Guyot. His previous project as the visual effects supervisor included Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Timeline, Tears of the Sun, and Saving Private Ryan. He joins visual effects supervisor John Knoll and animation supervisor Rob Coleman. Speaking of which... We haven't seen the cheese in a long time on the hyperspace webcam, which is still rolling, even though most fans lose lost total interest in that. Mm. What's running? <laughs> what's on it now? I Probably don't know. people looking at computers or something. That's it. And uh, and uh, yeah, big publicity for Lac Lac Lassie, which is like a company doing digital uh, and well computer screens and outside uh, DVD burners and stuff like that. Oh. Uh, we were shown by Dart Psychotic the very beautiful, or what should be the very beautiful W wing, which is very resembling to the X wing, but they actually have three wings on each side, 
their S-foils are in attack position and they have an extra wing coming out uh, in between which is it's like horizontal. Uh, it's like an X-wing with the S-4 close with uh, an X, yes. uh, you know, four wings Z95, in an It's a Z95 plus two plus an X. Yeah, plus an X, plus an X. of wings. And it seems to, has to have two cockpits, so it's pretty cool. There will be the, uh, the, the, the Starfighter that will be used by the clone so the, 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 the clones the clone troopers I would have liked to see the, the ship they were using in the Clone War cartoon you know with the the wing going under yeah yeah, it was cool the Tidarium shuttle uh, inverted Tidarium shuttle <laughs> the, uh, the Null Vision uh, also came out Null Vision number 3 and number 4 number 2 was Padme's Veranda and number 4 was the Video Village number 3 on Padme's Veranda you could actually see someone walking off the set uh, from Padme, it's if it's Anakin, he has really wide shoulders, so they actually must have put shoulder pads under his costumes. And it's either that or Palpatine, but I'm not too sure. And on the on the fourth one, if you take a look be at the at the right side of the of the crew, just behind them, uh, you will see in front of a big green screen this type of rotating and tilting set, so that they can actually shoot some action scene of. Uh, Ship going down, per se. Yeah. Maybe uh, rotating through the escaping conservative uh, the Confederation ship thing, ship yeah. falling into the atmosphere. Who knows? Probably George knows, <laughs> and the people who work for Lucasfilm. We're still in the shadow, and that's going to be pretty much it for the Star Wars hyperspace segment. So we're going to warn the people that they can actually come back because it's a spoiler off now. And uh, we'll be right back with my best friend, Kit Fisto, to tell us about the miscellaneous news. Awesome. Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. Welcome to the Miss News. Last Friday, the official site posted plenty of shots of the classic trilogy on DVD. There is some great shots, including the fourth disc, and you can check it out. There are um, cover art for each of the episodes, so you can have individual boxes for every episode, and it's very much in the same style as the episode one and episode two DVDs. Do you do you uh, think the uh, the Vader face on the bonus disc is kind of different? The Vader, it's like if if it were the Vader of Episode Three, maybe. No, I more stylized. I think it's just a stylized yeah. Vader. Okay. The fourth disc is a picture of uh, it's an image of Darth Vader and uh, Luke and Leia, and there are documentaries on the fourth disc, the saga, extra stuff, lots of cool stuff, and um, I'm everyone's looking forward to it, and so am I. And it's gonna be cool. There was a small story on Access Hollywood. Yep. I have it on tape. <laughs> Well, I watched it too. You don't see pretty much. much. It's, it's the marketing video plus. No, not even. Not even mark. Some some footage, but yeah. Not even. Um, in book news, there's the last Boba Fett book will be called Pursuit, and it will be about Boba Fett facing Mace Windu. 
Or trying to, yeah. Or trying <laughs> to. He goes to Coruscant and delves Coruscant. into the Coruscant <laughs> and delves into the underworld and tries to confront and then gets some weapons and tries to confront Jedi Master. We'll see how it turns out. Mm. It's the last one of the series. And there's Asajj Ventress on the cover. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. And it, I, they took a, an actress to picture. It's not a drawing. I know. No. Cool. So I wonder. Uh, was the actress who portrayed us adventurous. Cool. And in video games news, Republic Commando has been pushed back. It has been pushed back. It was going to be from fall 2004, and now it's just winter. Yeah. So, um, LucasArts was contacted, and they say that it will be targeting early 2005. So, look forward to it around then. And also, Galaxies has, is celebrating its first year anniversary yesterday. <laughs> and, um... It's still a beta. They, it's still it, in it, beta, it seems. We have strong <laughs> opinions on Star Wars Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who enjoy it, there is the um, veteran players are going to be when they get uh, jump to light speed. They're going to get a Sorosub personal luxury yacht 3,000 for free. So that's uh, the Lady Luck. For those who don't aren't um, up to speed with all the names of the different ships, and uh, it's a multi. It's the one of the. It's the only other multi-passenger ship in the game outside the uh, YT 1300. Um, and players who stay on for more than six months will get it free. Uh, well, after Jump Light Speed comes out, we'll get it free as well. A free a ship? Free, a free ship. Oh. So if you've stayed on for at least six months, you get a free ship. They really need players. They really need players. <laughs> um, now in collecting news, Sebastian kind of stole my thunder, but I'm going to try and stay away from the marketing plans for episode three. Not to not to delve into it too much. Thank you. Um, this is from yakface.com. They said that, um, well, in the uh, for the packaging for episode three, there will be. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I don't want to like. It's hard to. Uh. Okay. Anyway, on to. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of the news? I don't. Okay, that hard. <laughs> well, the trailers are going to be out in November yeah. 2004, but the f- and then the first full trailer in April 2005. Um, episode three products will be releasing the first week of April 2005. Yeah, everything I said earlier, basically. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. I, I'm repeating but it. Yeah, tell it to the people who didn't hear. Um, there also be an increased focus on. High-end collectibles, that means master replicas and such. Um, following the uh, release, uh, following uh, up, coming up to the release of episode three, Fox will be airing episodes one, two, three. Sorry, one, two, four, five, six. Clone Wars series one and two will be coming out in the first quarter of 2005, so between in January and March. Um, and with Star Wars Celebration, our wallet will be awfully uh, busy. Awfully empty. Yeah, <laughs> empty. <laughs> I yeah. don't. Th- I don't think he's gonna be busy because the money that's not gonna, e- yeah. n- not even gonna go through it. Yeah. <laughs> Clone Wars series three will air 
April 2005, yeah. and you'll get five 12-minute chapters as opposed mm-hmm. to 20 or 10, 10 episodes of three minutes. Yeah. So it comes down to the same thing. It's an hour. It's an hour. It comes down to the same thing as season one and two. Yeah. Um, licenses has been renewed with Burger King, Pepsi, Frito-Lay. Um, license with as yet undisclosed wireless service. So that'll probably be Singular, Sprint, or one of those yeah. in the States. <laughs> That's it. Um, a live-action TV series set to premiere in 2006. Can't wait for that. We will yep. have s- something new each show to talk about. Yeah. Each episode. No? Yep. And um, for those, there will be also... Um, there's the themes of the p- product packaging for episode three... They're everything that you've heard from the original trilogy. It's everything you've heard from the original trilogy. What episode 3 was supposed to be is the heavy influence in the packaging. How's that? It's just a little clue. If you want to figure it out, you're welcome to. That's what I'm going to say. So I have to think now? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Ow, my head hurts. (laughs) And that's Bomal It. There's collect some collecting news about new stuff coming out for Walmart, Toys R Us. There are all kinds of exclusive stuff for the original trilogy re-release. Different sets. So if you want to get them all, you're welcome to. Okay. I'm just going to add to your news. I'm going to yes. mention the fact that uh, the the website for Star Wars Redemption by one of our listeners, Sefterian, is finally up and running. Oh, the fan fiction? Yep. Yeah. So you can go visit it at www.swredemption.com. <laughs> we've started something, man. <laughs> now Lucas and him are going to go after this, the SW websites. Yeah. <laughs> after the Star Wars website. Yeah, because when we, we uh, I was beginning to think about buying... Uh, a domain name I talked to Steve Sensen if we could use the Star Wars on the reckon the, the word Star Wars completely and he said you better not <laughs> so we in a good way you know yeah. not in you you better not but you know, you, know like, you better not <laughs> you know they try to to keep everything with the word Star Wars there for, for Lucasfilm that's no, fair. It's so, fair. So <laughs> that's why we chose SWENdirect.com instead. He didn't encourage us to use Star Wars. Let's see. As he didn't encourage us to do other things. Yeah. Which we didn't. <laughs> why do we listen to him again? <laughs> oh yeah, he's kind of our boss. <laughs> the boss of every... Make sure we don't go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> now, would I, go for, would I go to prison for Star Wars? Android? Yes, you would. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Unfortunately, I'm the producer. So that, so that I'm the first one to go. <laughs> so the streak, the streak we were planning to do tonight, I'm gonna be the only one. That's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. Again. In any case, visit their website at www.swredemption.com. Is there a, a basic storyline in there? We could we could uh, tell. Um, I can't tell from here. Maybe in the facts section. Star Wars Redemption. 
what is Star Wars Redemption? Star Wars Redemption is a book I started writing with my co-author Robert Brock back in 1999. The book was completed in 2001. It deals with a small rebel fleet that was formed to help liberate the Imperial-controlled worlds along the outer rim of the galaxy. During their maiden voyage, as it were, their mission does doesn't go exactly as planned, espionage, assassination, attempts, and loss of family plague the news. But seasoned commander of the, flag, of the fleet flagship Redemption. The troublesome events have placed a hint of concern and doubts from the crew with their commanding officer. The once strong and capable leader is starting to appear broken and hesitant. Once, one, will call, one will call him friend, another will call him brother. One will try to kill him, another will, try, will bring him to his knees. Here you go, Sifterian. Yeah, that's the, the the one who will bring him to his knees. Isn't that like Captain um, Jeff Roney's latest Tatooine TV there? Oh, uh, Captain Pilates. Commander Pilates. Commander Pilates. Rawr. <laughs> I can't wait for the third the third part. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be so weird. So it's time to go to a musical break yep. again. That's right, people. And uh, we're going to be listening to World on Fire by Sarah McLaughlin. And uh, we'll be right back on Star Wars on Direct, right after this.
Hello, I'm Garrick Hagen, big star collider from Star Wars and New Hope. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. Welcome back to Star Wars and the voice of Star Wars fandom. So, Kit Fisto. Be aware. Be aware. What's your opinion? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about now. Oh, yeah, we're, we're talking about the, 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 main, the main subject, which is basically silent, but deadly, the trilogy of silent films, on, silent fan films on Star Wars. Yeah. Basically, it's a Star Wars story made uh, as a silent movie, a comedy yes. silent movie. Buster Keaton slash... Um, Charlie Chaplin, thank you, that's what I was looking for. Charlie Chaplin slash uh, Three Stooges. Yeah, black and white and uh, with piano music. Slapstick. Slapsticks? Slapstick style? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. He's you're, a, you're, the f- you're the film student. He's a film student, so he knows. Not anymore. Oh? No, he gra- oh, no, no, now he's I going graduated. Into, now oh. he's going into political science. Oh, <laughs> watch out, Nathan! <laughs> I was going to go watch out, Harper, but one <laughs> one or both. It's still okay, good. Okay, uh, let's go uh, movie by movie. Silent First, Deadly One. The basic story is uh, George Lucas is g- gets a report that you know website uh, webmasters. Right. Are spoiling everyone, so yeah. he gets tired of he gets tired of it, and he dresses up this list, and he says, "That's it." He, he brings in two uh, of his best stormtroopers, two of his best stormtroopers, and he sends them after the three main guys, who are actually the head of the three main spoiling websites out yeah. there, which are Harry Palms from SpoilingThePrequels.com, Peter Gripper from EpisodeSex.com. Episode 6? Yes. <laughs> and Scam Chimpwood from TheFars.net. That's uh, true. No, it's, it's, all, it's all in the movie. Kind <laughs> 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 of answered the, qua- the question we're going to ask later. <laughs> but uh, I think we can fairly recognize the people from, you know, Harry Knowles from AidCoolNews.com. I don't know who Peter Gripper has. I, I, I've never been on Episode Hex. Episode X is um, run by... It's uh, Canadian-German? No, it's uh, Sith Interceptor. Okay. And uh, a lot of people from the Millennium Falcon are also on Episode X. Okay. Anyway, we need I, to move I, on. I just want to see the staff thing there. What's his name? Steven, he's from Toronto? That guy's, there's a guy from Toronto at yeah. the head of that? Yeah. Wow. Oh, Okay. I know this guy. That's a sad thing. I've seen him. <laughs> In any case, I see him if you're listening. <laughs> Continue. And uh, Scam Chimpwood, well, you know, Scott Chitwood from TheForce.net. When he used to be working for TheForce.net. Now we have our God and Master, Phil Weiss. And basically the Stormtrooper goes one by one to... Uh, to, to each of their houses. Yeah. And they all get them back to this... Weird basement. It's a garage. Uh, how they the, the captured them? The, the Luke Lu, Lu plays one of the webmasters, and he basically. Uh, how does he. Uh, they knock at the door, but I don't remember after that. Uh, Lou is actually knocked out by a pizza. 
Okay. The second one is actually knocked out by a big check from Edmund. And the third one is actually almost drowned in the toilet. Okay, there's a. They're coming as plumbers. The two stormtroopers are coming as plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it kind of funny. Yeah. But you can see the the only one actually realizing there's something wrong is uh, the the character played by Liu Tambon. He's like, what the stormtroopers? Boom. That's it. The other guy is like, huh? Ed McMahon? Then the then he realizes so. There's still San Badelli one. It was a really funny movie. It actually and they're won. they're brought to uh, some kind of headquarters. That's it. They're they're brought to the uh, the, the the two stormtroopers headquarters, mm-hmm. and they're tied up to those chairs, and they're forced to watch Howard the Duck. That's it. They act, they are forced to watch Howard the Duck. Okay, no problem. <laughs> and um, it's a private it's a private. Uh, screening organized by George Lucas from How of Our the Doc. Ouch. So maybe you know they have some cutscenes added there and everything. So and very very it finishes like that. That's how it ends. You you just see you just see them going AWOL and going into shock just watching the movie. Yeah. But I w- I've I've watched uh Howard the Duck yeah. recently. It was it was on the movie CTV. movie picks. It was on, on CTV movie picks all the time. Yeah. Horrible. No, it's good. The duck drinks beer, <laughs> which makes him an honorable, an honorary member of the Lashai. Okay, but we'll, we'll review Howard the Duck some some days. <laughs> oh, we day. have to do a show on Howard the Duck. There you go. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Weird Lucasfilm projects. Howard the Duck. Where did the Where did the idea came from? Yeah. A talking duck. Yeah. For those of you who watched the movie um, George Lucas in Love, you'll know. And then we go to Sanba Deadly 2. And uh, this is my favorite, personally. This is actually one starring a guy I met at Star Wars Celebration 2 called... AJ. By everyone, AJ. And uh, AJ just wait, is just waiting in line for the premiere of episode 2, we're thinking. And that's when it hits him. Line Rage. He just goes AWOL on everyone in the line. Almost he picks go- up a toy lightsaber and bash on everybody. That's it. And that, that's a funny part, because when he picks up the, the, the Star Wars, the, the lightsaber, he rips his shirt off, and underneath is a shirt that, that's written Star Wars Celebration 2 on it. Mm-hmm. Which was the worst line waiting convention <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, let's run up and wait. Yeah. Hey, hurry up and wait. That's it. Kind of like getting across a border. <laughs> yeah, kind of, except like longer <laughs> <laughs> and even more difficult. So anyway, George receives a, a letter from Steve. That's it. George w- receives a letter from Steve. Steve, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we there, suppose there, there's another fan on the loose, and this one's really hurting sales. What should we do? As a Steve would have. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, George George sends his two stormtroopers after him again and uh, follows a very terrible pursuit mm-hmm. all across Let's America. Let's say the, the fan give a hard time to the stormtrooper on this one. That's it. But they finally catch him and they bury him on the, on a on beach, the beach in the sand, just leaving his head out. And this one, like, and his... Um, he got a, a glass of uh, a drink. A, a bloody Caesar or something, and he just, like, can't drink out of it. <laughs> so it's really torture in a way. Yeah. 
And uh, both Silent But Deadly 1 and 2 actually won awards at, at the official Star Wars Fan Film Awards. Yep. Located at adamfilms.com, for those of you who weren't aware of that. And uh, they just recently released Silent But Deadly 3, which is <coughs> a follow-up of both yep. uh, Silent But Deadly 1 and 2, and kind of like closing the wheel. A revenge movie. Sort of, yeah. It's, it's kind of closing the, way, the wheel on Silent But Deadly 1 and 2. Or is it? Closing the wheel? Is that closing (laughs) the loop? Yeah. Closing the loop? Sorry, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Ending the the trilogy. It's ending the trilogy in a good way. Or a bad way, because both Stormtrooper dies. Sadly. One? uh, Yeah. One naturally. The other one very violently receiving a barbecue fork. (laughs) In his helmet. <laughs> it's like, okay, but first, first question. Yeah. Who actually said yes to getting his, his, uh, one, of, one of his eyes, uh, visor took out so that the, uh, the fork could for get in? Movie, yeah. Just for the movie? Well, I, I think they could just take Undo out the proper yeah. part and put in a piece of plastic reflective or thing cardboard. And just yeah. And with the, basically the, uh, we begin with the the three guys still tied up to the chairs, and uh, the the character played by played by Lou uh, escaped by uh, cutting his his rope uh, on something sharp, and he frees the other two. And after that, they go and they hack into Lucasfilm, and they find out a picture of the the guy from Silent but Deadly too. That is still in it buried in the, <laughs> in the <laughs> beach, <laughs> and they go the game, the game out. And after that, they they plan to get back at the two stormtroopers. So they plan, they they go at, at the storm, stormtrooper house and plant some hidden cameras. <laughs> they go to his house. They go to their house. Yeah, yeah. And they actually have this uh, turtle at, at the the house of the, tor- of the stormtroopers, which is kind of guarding their house. It's it's a it's a mad turtle. A pet turtle. Yeah, you have to be you have to be wary of turtles, you know. <laughs> Ooze and everything. You never know. And there's some funny scenes there. Yes. And you, you can see uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Sayaletti as the uh, driver, the getaway driver <laughs> for the uh, for the car that, that that they use after yeah. putting up the the cameras, which is which is done in a really funny way. It's 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 done in a classic movie mm-hmm. as well, you know. AJ actually cl- climbs up one uh, one uh, a ladder and just puts a camera up by a window. And when he when he just like goes down a little bit, he sees the stormtrooper helmet right right in front of the window, right in front of him. He's like ah, and he starts panicking and just like backs off. And, and he falls on the hood of the car. And he falls on the hood of the car. So, and that's when they pull out and they go and they actually watch uh, what's happening in they, the house. They go home and they watch. All the different cameras, a little bit like Revenge of the Nerds, you know the the movie. Never saw I that. This one. It's an old movie. Oh no. yeah, oh yeah, Revenge. They, okay, yeah. they go to the the girls' uh, housing and they put some. Yeah, some cameras. And they go back to the their house and watch the camera all night. Hello, 80s movie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to mention. No, but it, it was I, the I same was thing I was raised in the 80s, so yeah, yeah it's 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 similar, yeah. except that I don't. Think there was like this poop scene no. in the Revenge of the Nerds, anyway. but there is this poop scene. Yeah. Anyway, they find out there's a barbecue 
A Star Wars barbecue. So they decide, they decide to go undercover, and of course... He's dressed as Star Wars uh, creatures, that's aliens. It. And, ev and everyone is dressed up as Star Wars aliens, except for... AJ. Except for AJ, who's actually dressed up as a banana. <laughs> and yet, he still goes unnoticed. But it was fun to see that actually there is someone out there who was a costume of a power droid. Yeah. And give my hands up. The uh, the bunk droid that's in uh, Star Wars and New Hope and Jawa Sankara. Like the box with two legs. That goes. Call. Call. Conk droid. Complete Malakoya say. Seriously, yeah, it listen. says that in the French. It says that in, in the French and English version. Yeah. English version as well. That's what it says. Completely stuck. Completely stuck. You just listen to it carefully. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna hear it now on Seb said so. This is not one of my crazy theories. This is yeah. actually one of the things said in the movie. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, Silent but Deadly one and two are actually available for on streaming. Anyway, the, the, how the movie has end? They yeah, they uh, they spike up the punch, <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, most of the guests go to fall asleep. Fall asleep, except the two stormtrooper, and now the fights begin. They reveal themselves, the fight begins, and that's when the stormtrooper gets a. gets forked? Yeah, gets forked in the eye. And Which is always fun, you know. Yeah. And I like to get the fork in the eye <laughs> four times a day. <laughs> yes. And after that, you know, the scene, all the, the guests are around the, storm, the dead stormtrooper, and you see the, his brother, stormtrooper, like. No, no, and the sky, you know. Like Why <laughs> did they have yeah. to kill you first? And of course, uh, he, the, 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 the he, four he just like loses it and brings back the four guys to George Lucas's okay. office, and he says, "That's it. You killed one of my guys. Now you're gonna get, you're gonna have to pay maximum penalty. Worse than death. Worse than death." And they go they go out as trekkies with tricky t-shirts and <laughs> so you you have like uh, one that comes out with this uh, Klingon for dummies you have Lou Tambone with uh, Spock ears ouch and uh, you have uh, AJ with a uh, little doll of Spock which he used in Silent But Deadly 2 yeah. as an almond to scare the stormtroopers <laughs> and uh, is, uh, is uh, Starfleet Academy t-shirt mm -hmm. and the first guy who goes out what is he wearing again I don't remember <coughs> He's got anyway, like, he's got he's, he's got this uh, trekky T-shirt and stuff. So. Yeah, and, and you, you, you see the stormtrooper looking at them. And he's like, okay, and it's like they paid their debt. Mm -hmm. and he looks at the at the at the window, and they show a shot of the uh, the face of the helmet of the stormtrooper, and you see a little a little drop of water that goes down the helmet. He's crying. <laughs> and he's remembering <laughs> he's his adventure with his friends and That's everything. It. And after that, it jumps a couple of years when the stormtrooper is old, and you go to the cemetery. <laughs> And he dies of old age at the cemetery. Basically, basically, the movie ends as the uh, the helmet of the the old stormtrooper rolls over, and and it's the end. And uh. there's a little in interrogation point, and then you see the image of two hands picking up the clone tr the the stormtrooper helmet. And that's it. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. I don't think they will be. They will make another. Don't think so? No, a trilogy it's it enough. Just can't. It, it's a, it's a great idea uh, of a style for a Star Wars movie. You know, it's different than everything we see with lightsaber battles all the time and everything. That's it's it. an original kind of movie, but more than three, 
I don't think so. In the in the first movie, also at the end, uh, they mentioned the fact that you know it's done for the internet and and the the, 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 the website, the spoiler websites. But he says George Lucas has other plans in in mind, so he gives another list to the stormtroopers. And the first the first one the first uh, person on the list is Peter Jackson, and underneath underneath you can see Ring Ding. Then the second one is James Cameron, Terminate him. And the third person is J.K. Rowland, Witchy Woman. Oh, <laughs> so they're they're very good. They have a very good humor, those two guys, when they get together. And I'm sure AJ helped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you met so. him, we don't know. Yeah, I met, him. I met him at the Star Wars Celebration too. He was actually the one uh, who made... Who put on some makeup as Kiss, but with the Darth Maul way? Okay, so instead of Gene black and white, Gene Simmon, uh, it was red and black. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really scary, and you could see his belly button <laughs> popping out of his costume. Okay. Always oh, fun. Yeah. You. You. Next time I see him, I have to ask for an autograph. Cause I actually walk up to him, and I'm I was like, belly button. Looked at his face, and I'm like. You're the guy that moved in Millennium Fandom, and you were ate, you were eating the fries like Millennium's End. Yeah, that's it, Millennium's End. You're like you were eating the fries like, yeah. <laughs> I think I probably was the only one who told him that. <laughs> so, I think we're gonna go to a short musical break now. Yep. That's it. Wh- what do you think of uh, the the the, the uh, all three Sound but Deadly movies? You like them? Yep. But it's original. It's not the best movie, best fan film ever. It's a different style. But for the style, it's pretty good. It is very good. Uh, I really it's enjoyed. Original. It's original. I really enjoyed the uh, uh, one and two. I think it could maybe have been a little bit more funny if, if it was placed in the Star Wars universe instead of uh, on Earth. But mm-hmm. it, it would have be too much like Troops, probably. Okay. Uh, troops, a silent, a silent movie. Like troops, so doing it uh, on planet Earth maybe made a difference and more fan oriented or you know it was still a good time. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's been a rough week, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> just like I just love Kid Fisto. So we're gonna go to uh, I know Tom Sire and Rush or Rush and Tom Sire. The Rush. group is Rush. And the music Rush is Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Yeah. And we'll be right back to Star Wars and Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. With uh, Jeff and Lou on the phone. That's right.
Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Hi, my name is Peter Mayhew. I play Chewbacca on Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. We are live. We are joined live right now with Lou Tambone. Hello. And, <laughs> and Jeff Cialetti. Hi. How's it going? And uh, it's the first time we're having this uh, little three-way kind of, kind of conference thing. So uh, if there's any technical difficulties, then we will just be calling back our friends over there. Uh, let's begin this interview by first asking Lou, what, how, how did you become a Star Wars fan? You have to tell us a little bit about what happened to you in your life. Oh, gosh. All the way from the beginning? All the way from the beginning. <laughs> oh, I was only seven years old. I don't even know if I can remember them all. <laughs> uh, I just remember seeing the films as a little kid and being uh, young and, and impressionable, I guess is the word. It really had a big effect on me. And um, at the time, it was the late 70s, and, you know, it was uh, my parents were going through the divorce and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of an escape for me. Cool, okay. And you, Jeff. And Jeff? Um, yeah, it was basically, I was five, um, you know, I went to see, I remember I was in kindergarten, and, um, everyone's talking about this Star Wars movie, and then finally, uh, I finally got to see it, I remember my uncle took, uh, my brother and me, and then, you know, I was, I was instantly hooked, my earliest memory of it was after the film, um, my brother and I, and my uncle and his friend, we, went on their backs and did like piggyback wars pretending that we were um, in X-Wings and all that other stuff. <laughs> I was five years old at the time, so, <laughs> you know, it wasn't the most exciting thing, but it was um, that. And then, you know, then I started collecting the toys and whatnot. It pretty much really shaped my childhood. Mm-hmm. Pretty much uh, like everyone uh, that age at, the, at that time. <laughs> yeah, period, yeah, it's uh, probably not, not dramatically different than most people yeah. from that generation, yeah. so... That's it. And yourself, Lou, what was the first couple of things you did after seeing Star Wars? Um, yeah, I hate to be boring, but I, I, I wanted all the toys and stuff, so mm-hmm. I, I made sure that I had every single action figure and playset, and, and uh, I used to draw a lot more when I was younger. I don't, don't really draw that much anymore, but when I was young, I used to really make these, I used to copy the Ralph McQuarrie paintings and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I wish nice. I kept up with that, but I never did. That's cool. Fairly interesting hobby indeed. So, you guys, how did you guys meet? How, about, how did both of you meet, met, met together? I'll let Jeff tell that story. 
All right, there's actually an interesting little convoluted story to this. Um, well, we met before we met. Um, it was far back as 20 years ago this summer, 1984. And um, basically, we were on, we grew up in the same area, but we didn't really know each other. Um, we ended up going on this bus trip to Florida and Disney World and all that. Mm-hmm. And he was on it with his brother and his mother. And I was on it with my brother and my grandmother and some of her friends. And, you know, we just kind of hung out because it was a long bus ride. It was like a two-day bus trip. And um, we hung out at, at Disney World and then we went to some water park and all this other stuff. And then when we got back, we I never saw him again, you know, for about 14 years. Oh. And it was, yeah, it was 1998. Um, I was shooting Millennium Zen, The Phantom Menace, and... Um, I had met someone from the Force.net down in Washington when Lucas was getting presented with an award down there. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, I said, do you have anybody in the New York area that um, I might be able to interview? And they're like, well, you know, there's this guy, Lou Tambone. And I recognize the name, but I'm like, I doubt it's the same guy, you know. And then, and then when I went and I interviewed him and I met him, I'm like, yeah, I guess it could be. And obviously, you know, at this point, you know, he was in a late time, so it was like, you know, I, I didn't know what he was going to look like because I met him when he was 14. Mm-hmm. And um, and then finally, like a few months later, I finally asked him, I'm like, do you remember going on this trip? And then it started vaguely coming back to him, the trip and all that. And then and I just remembered all this weird stuff from them, <laughs> and from that trip. Like I remembered his mother's name and all this other stuff. So that kind of confirmed it. That's a cool story. <laughs> it's weird, a little strange, but, you know, it's, it's been, you know, Star Wars kind of, for better or for worse, you know, yeah. kind of <laughs> brought us together, and we ended up having this really, um, you know, pretty decent uh, partnership over the past several years. You know, first he was a uh, an interviewee in my documentary, then he helped me in the post production. He helped me edit um, that, and then you know, finally we collaborated with Samba Deadly. So cool. So you guys meet up. You guys meet up again. You become really good friends. You realize you have this really great passion for Star Wars. Um, quick question on the side. How does your families handle your passion for Star Wars, starting with Jeff? My family? Yeah. Oh, God. Family and friends. Um, well, I guess my family is always just kind of like, you know, yeah, whatever. But um, <laughs> my, my fiance, she's... Um, She's accepting. She's very accepting. And very, she kind of like puts up with a lot of my stuff and she kind of gives me a lot of leeway and I, you know, appreciate a lot of that. And, but, so I just think that, um, given the, like my toy and everything, um, she could totally tell me to like toss it all, but she doesn't. And I love her for that. And a lot of other things too. So, and you know, friends, friends are always kind of like, um, you know, they, they think I'm, Sometimes when I bring things up that they don't really care about, like, oh, so-and-so just got cast, and, like, I don't care. <laughs> so, but then then when they, like, read something, it, it's like, oh, you know, did you hear this? Like, well, yeah, I heard that about nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, like, my mother, my mother's the funniest because, um, you know, it was, like, maybe three months before episode two came out, and she was like, oh, did you hear they're making another Star Wars film? <laughs> Y- yes, mom. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just, that's just and 
And Lou? Um, yeah, I mean, I've never really, it's never really been a problem. Uh, you know, I think my mother recognized it when I was young. She was always buying me the toys and stuff, but she didn't, I guess, you know, when you're a parent and you see your kids into something, you think it's like a phase. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think I ever got out of the phase. <laughs> <laughs> there was a short period in like the 80s one time where I, I uh-huh. kind of put it all away, but there was no internet and, and stuff. And then when the internet really came back, I started to go full full force with it again. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun for me, but it's always a side thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's never something that's going to consume mm-hmm. me. You can't let it do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just crazy. I'm, I mean, I'm married. I got two kids. I can't be running around collecting action figures. <laughs> okay. Um, so, at one point, you guys were sitting together and probably watching either Charlie Chaplin movies or Three Stooges movies, and you decided to come up with the Silent But Deadly idea. How did that came out? Well, the funny thing is, uh, we, we didn't really do anything like that together. It was, uh, it was, Jeff was the, when they came up with the, uh, with the contest, the first Adam Films contest, we, we sort of both had an idea of, you know, we could do this, you know, why don't we do something? But then he, he sort of brought it up and said, look, I got this, this thing. You want to do it? I, I was, I remember, uh, when the news came out, I emailed a couple of people or sent them into the messages and said, you know, maybe we can do something or make a film. I mean, I've seen some of the fan films. Some of them are good. Some of them are, you know, eh. I said, I said we can probably do something funny and, and, you know, maybe win something here. And then Jeff came, Jeff said, well, you know, I had this idea and he, he actually had the idea for the whole, the whole, uh, not the whole series, but the whole theme and the whole look and feel of, of, of the, the film, the first film. And then, uh, and I immediately I said, all right, let's do it. You know, because it didn't sound like it was going to be all that hard. And it's not even true looking back at it compared to the other two. It really wasn't. Um, you want to add to that, Jeff? I don't know. I keep going. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty much just like that. You know, I we kind of just ended up balancing ideas. It was like, well, I don't want, you know, we're, we're, it'll work with no dialogue. And then we're like, well, you know, let's do it. Let's go full on with this. Since we're going to do it silent, why don't we just do it like, you know, old classic silent film, um, you know, in like sepia tone and sped up the works. And we'll try to find some, you know, ragtime type music that we can throw over it and kind of give it that vibe. And, and we did it and it kind of worked. And then when we shot it, you know, like you said, it really wasn't, I mean, it was, it was kind of a grueling shoot, but the first one we, we shot all the footage in one day. And it just amazes us that we managed to pull that off in a day. And I mean, the last couple took us a lot longer, but, um, the first one, it was, it was great. And then like we, we, and I remember when, you know, when the contest was first in, they, I remember them saying, um, You'll hear back by, I think it was like April 9th of 2002, and April 9th comes and goes, I don't hear anything. Finally, on April 10th, I get a, an email saying, you know, you're in, you just have to, like, get clearance on that Howard Duck thing, blah, blah, blah. And, but it was, like, surprising because we thought at first that we were actually out, and then we were in, and we were pretty excited about it. Of course, it's kind of different now, but we'll get into that a little later. <laughs> so the film was made with the Fan Film Awards in mind. Yeah, actually, it was sort of. That, that's what sort of kicked me yeah. here. That, that's, that's what sort of lit the fire. I mean, Jeff's always making movies and, you know, doing that kind of thing. And I've always had the passion for filmmaking, although I've never actually really made anything serious. 
Um, and it just sort of, it took that one thing to kind of put us together and say, you know, between the two of us, we could really pull this thing off, pull off, pull off anything. We could make a, whatever we wanted to. I said, why don't we, you know, Jeff was the one who originated it again. So he said, why don't we just do it? I said, all right, let's do it. But we had to, I, I'm the kind of, I'm more structured. I want to have a script. I want to have storyboards. I want to know what we're doing exactly. Whereas Jeff's more off the cuff. He doesn't mind going to shoot stuff where things aren't exactly solid. So, we ended up get coming up with the script and all that first and fleshed it out and it, it worked really well. I, I I really do enjoy that first film. Yeah, it was, well the thing was, um, like I said, the idea was always floating around. It was kind of something that I always wanted to do if I got around to it, but then the the awards thing came around and I'm like, well, here's a deadline. We should just, if we're going to do this, we should do this. There's no better time now. I mean, no better time than now to do it. So we did it. We, we you know, we, I, I think we first um, started the planning of it in like January of 2002, and we were shooting it. You know, we shot it. You know, second weekend in March of 2002. So we turned around the pre-production process pretty fast, and even post-production. I mean, this whole the whole process with the first one was probably you know from concept to you know final cut probably three months. Oh, that's fast. Yeah, so it was pretty fast. I mean, the, the lad, the, you know, two and three took significantly longer. Oh, actually, well, two, two didn't really take that long. Two, it was like, uh, two was kind of like this weird thing. The whole line rage thing kind of came when, you know, I was actually at the celebration. And I'm like, you know, what if somebody just snapped? And then kind of in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, that would be a good idea for somebody too. But didn't really kind of go anywhere with it. And then finally... Lou and I were talking about it when they're reannouncing the wars, and we're like, you know, he, you know, we just, we decided we'll do another one, and so we did it. And then, but at this point, I think we it was probably around January of 2003, that or, or even February 2003, that we decided to do it, and we finished shooting it in May of 2003, and, and finished it by the end of May of 2003. So it was probably about a month longer in the process, but. I mean, the shoot was a lot longer. So, I mean, we shot, like, on four or five different occasions across a month. So, I mean, the third one took the longest, but, you know, we'll get into that. And where did you shot that movie? Which one? The the first one. The first one was uh, just a few locations, really. It wasn't... Uh, a lot of it was actually at my my mom's house. Oh. Uh, hello? Yeah, yes. it's going... It's okay. Yeah, we were, at the, we were at my mom's house for most of that. Um... The scenes in the garage. Well, we, it's our, it's the garage, but it's the scene where they're watching the film at the end. There, mm-hmm. that, that's my uh, my mom's garage. The uh, scene where the toilet dunking is. Um, that's a bathroom upstairs. The um, wh- uh, where, where else did we go, Jeff? On that, we were at. Uh, oh yeah, where? that was that was at. Um, well, your your house was mostly. Uh, your My own house. house. Your house right. was where we picked you, where the troopers picked you up right. and threw you in the thing. But then, yeah, then we were over. The next, we were over at Doug's house where they picked me right. up. The one friend of mine named Doug, who plays one of the plumbers mm-hmm. uh, that shows that that's supposed to come to the house that gets you know knocked out. He um he was in the process of moving and we uh, actually went to his house and shot the uh, Jeffs. Jeff's abduction and all that is at the uh, at my friend Doug's house, which you know no, no longer lives at. Okay, and what about the second and third one, the locations? The second, the second one actually had some cool locations. Um, Jeff 
somehow secured a movie theater, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was great. We had a good time in there. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't really use the, um, the the actual projection and the projector and make them like throw a we couldn't throw a real film up there. Mm-hmm. You, guys, you guys there? Yeah, there were earring some things. Technical difficulty. Lucasfilm is tapping your line, man. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? I don't have a clue. We're being sabotaged. It's Lucasfilm. They're on the line. That's probably Adam Film. Oh, yeah. We're about to get to to number three, and they don't want to talk. Silent but Deadly 4 is going to be the troopers come and get me and Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) The one we didn't want to make. They're going to make it themselves. (laughs) Our imitate life. What I was saying about the movie theater was we couldn't use the projector and actually put a real movie up on the screen. So we had all, all that you see, all that flashing is all done by hand. We had some lights set up and, and myself and uh, one of our assistants, Eric, and whoever whoever had free hands at the time, <laughs> we were just sort of flashing our arms in front of this light mm-hmm. and making all the blinking. It was a lot of fun, but uh, it yeah, it was. But it looked, I thought it looked really good. I, I enjoyed it. But uh, anyway, where else did we shoot part two? Yeah. There was a comic book store. store. Right, go ahead. You tell them about that in the beach. Uh, yeah, well, there was, the beach was um, down a beach near where my parents live. My parents live uh, near the shore in Jersey City, so there was a beach about five, ten minutes from them. And we shot on there, and we actually had to bury AJ in the sand for that. And he ended up getting, like, really bad blisters on his head because he ended up with summer. And it was only um, the middle of April but the sun was still pretty strong. It was a chilly day, but he ended up with pretty bad sunburn from that. So we had him buried for, you know, a good hour. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> almost, almost an hour. It, I, was, almost, I was a nervous wreck. Yeah, because then we were, some guy walks by with his dog. The dog that actually shows up in the credits. Some guy's like, oh, I hear people suffocate by that. So we're getting nervous. We're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. So we had to get through it really fast, and then we dug him out. And then... Um, and then, yeah, then there was the toy store, which we shot on the same day as the movie theater. The toy store stuff was the last stuff we shot. And, right. Uh, that, yeah, that was that night. And right. uh, a guy I knew whom I had interviewed for another documentary, my third documentary, Unwound, mm-hmm. he, he owned a toy store, which is no longer there. Now he just does an Internet business. But, you know, I, I asked him if we could shoot in there, and he was like, he was cool with it. And we actually put him in the movie. He was actually the toy store owner in the movie that AJ menaces with the, the lightsaber. So, um, so yeah, that, that was that. I mean, it was cool. We had, oh, and then there was the convention. I forgot about that. The convention was actually um, two different conventions. That big uh, establishing shot that you see with all the people on the floor, that was actually shot at WonderCon. <laughs> so, okay. And, um, yeah, you're right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that was that was WonderCon in San Francisco. Um, we needed kind of a big sprawling convention that was you know bigger than one. And when we actually shot it, like all the the action stuff, it was actually at a small convention in New Jersey uh, called Jersey Devil Con. And like all those people waiting in line, they were pretty much all extras that were there on the spot. Um, AJ was like a tremendous help in that. Luke couldn't actually make it to that shoot because um, <laughs> he had a previous commitment, and that was the only night we were going to be able to do. A convention, so he was like, just go ahead and do it. He drew me up some storyboards, so you know he was pretty much, you know, co-directing it without actually being there. And um, so, so I did that. And AJ helped like round up because AJ's got that kind of personality. He just helped round up all these extra things. Want to be in the movie, and 
they were all going nuts because that whole line thing probably took about three hours to shoot, just the people standing in line, turning around and getting knocked down. I must have done at least 12 takes of that. And um, so that was that. And then, uh, and plus getting that sign to fall, getting the banner to fall was really tough. And just to get it to fall on cue and, you know, make sure the people holding it up didn't get in the shot, that was a real pain. But oh, we, didn't, we didn't tell them about the Lucas's office location. Where that oh, is all that. And it's yeah. the name in all three. Which is? Well, no, it's only, it's only the two and three. In the first one, it was actually your oh, right, dining room. Right. Because right. we got at the eleventh hour, a friend of mine was supposed to a friend of mine was supposed to get us into his office, and then uh, on a Sunday, and then he kind of pulled out like the night before, so we had to figure something out. So we just did uh, lose mother's dining room. But the second where they where they slide that paper across the table, that's, that's also my mom's house. We we just happened to be there. At the time, it said, let's just do it here, and we and we were running out of time that night, so. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, for two, it was like my dad actually let me use his office. Um, so we, we went to, um, for, for both two and three, we actually shot in his office. Uh, a little pool table there. That's his, That's actually his dad's little tiny mini pool table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So and, none, none, hard, there's, there are hardly any props in, in these films. Everything you see there is stuff we just kind of looked around and grabbed. Outside of the uh, Star Trek doll and a couple other things, which well, the hand truck too. The hand truck at the uh, the movie theater. We're like, we got to put them on this. You know, <laughs> it's just like we saw it there. It was in that storage closet at the movie theater. So we're like, okay, tie them up and put them on this, and we yeah. wheeled them out. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So going back to the first Silent but Deadly uh, movie, there was there was this little mishappening with the um, the stormtroopers transport. Right. So um, I'm going to have Lou tell the story about uh, the, the, the van, and I'm going to have Jeff tell the story about uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the hatch of the back door. So, yeah. <laughs> so Lou, go first. Um, that was really something because, again, this was the, first, the very first one we were doing, so we didn't really have any frame of reference. We didn't know exactly how much money we were going to have, so... It, I said, well, we got to rent a van because the film, the script called for a van. And in my mind, I always envisioned one of those kind of old, like, Scooby-Doo-looking vans with the two doors on the back that open up uh, straight out. Mm-hmm. Throw the guys in there and, and, you know, big deal. No no problem. So I went. Jeff dropped me off the morning of the shoot at Newark Airport um, where they have a lot of rental car, rental car places. And um, I had already called previously and said I need a, a white, or not a white, I just said I need a van. I need a, a van, any kind of van with the doors that open in the back. I said, yeah, no problem. They were holding it for me. He dropped me off, and then he left because I said, we'll go back and meet the troopers at the house. Fine. I'll pick up the van. I'll meet you there. But it turns out they didn't have the van. So I'm standing there now with no, and I didn't have a cell phone at the time or anything, and I couldn't, I didn't know Jeff's phone number, I was, uh, his cell phone. I didn't know what was going on. So I was kind of like standing there, and I had to find some way to, to get a vehicle and get back to the to the house. But I needed some kind of a vehicle that we could use. I couldn't just get a Toyota hatchback or something. Uh-huh. So I uh, I kept looking around. They didn't have anything. But then I took a transport over to another place across the highway. I said, "Do you have any vans?" And they they said, "No." I went to another place. Do you have any vans? I'm I'm uh, making a film here. I'm on I'm on a time schedule. Blah 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 blah. And they said, well, we've got an SUV. And I said, well, in my head, I said, well, you know, SUV, all right, I'll take it. Fine. I just, I got to get out of here. 
So he goes, all right, I have an SUV parked in the back and whatever. I go to get it, and it turns out to be this white SUV. And I didn't really think of it at the time. I just got in and drove back. I ended up being late. They were all sitting out in front of my house. <laughs> um, and I pulled up, and, and, and the guys all kind of went, wow, that's perfect. And I said, you know, what are you talking about? It's like white, like stormtrooper armor. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, it kind of is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of worked out. And then that leads us to Jeff's little uh, story that he's going to tell you. Uh, well, well, the thing was, the idea was always to throw them into the back. When we wanted to do a van, we wanted to throw them in the back of the van, and that was part of the thing. We figured we'd just throw them through the hatch a bit, but... Unfortunately, the, um, the door was jammed or something, and it wouldn't open. So, you know, and so obviously we had to just improvise and throw them through the side. It didn't have the same effect we wanted, but it worked fine enough. I mean, especially when they were putting Johnny in at the end, and then, like, the door wouldn't close. I mean, that, was, that wasn't even planned. That was just kind of like, just kind of happened that way, and it turned out to be funny. It always took a laugh, but it was just kind of the circumstances. So. But, yeah, it was kind of annoying, and then when... Um, we brought it back, like, we was telling them, was like, you know, the, the door was jammed, and the people really didn't seem to care at the rental place, <laughs> so. That's cool. Yeah. So you just ended up just, like, writing them on the, uh, on the front of the, on the side door, and that's just the side be door, okay. yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a horrible thing, but it was just kind of like the way we had kind of storyboarded it, the way mm -hmm. that we always envisioned it, is that it'd be thrown in the back. Mm -hmm. It was more like a, Getting in, into a cop car instead of yeah exactly uh, yeah That's it, but you know now you guys you guys have material stacks of potatoes into a car yeah. yeah well you guys now have material for special editions of Silent but Deadly <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> so Silent but Deadly won again uh, first list that is given to the stormtroopers by George Lucas per se Harry Palms spoiling the prequels dot com <laughs> Peter Gripper episode sex dot com and Scamp Chimpwood the Forest dot net. Right. What what happened? How many beers? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we made up. It took a little while for us. We were trying to pick up names for a while. I remember me and Jeff sitting in my living room, kind of going, "What do we do? How do we? You know, we need some good names and." And uh, there actually is a site called thefarce.net uh, there, and uh, that's one of the names that's used on it. So we figured that was a no-brainer. We threw that mm -hmm. in there. Um, we just thought it was funny, and it would be like a little Star Wars website in-joke. Mm -hmm. You know, like people, normal people would look at it and go, well, that's a funky-sounding name, no big deal. But the names were sort of irrelevant, but we wanted to have a little bit of an in-joke there mm -hmm. for people who knew what they meant. That's uh -huh. Knew the major website, because... The spoiling the prequel one is the one that you almost cannot relate to, but for those who are from like the big fan circle, will recognize that Harry Palms is actually Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News. Right, that's right. And the second guy is actually Steven from Episode X dot com. Wait, who? Who is that? Steven, the guy from Toronto. Peter. Um, Peter Gripper. Yeah, well, actually, I think the name was just the name. We we made up the web. We had the website name first, the episode S E X instead of X. But I, don't, I think Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we just thought the name sounded funny, like it sounded like one of those Austin Powers kind of names, and mm -hmm. we just put it in. I don't think it was meant to be anybody in particular. Okay. You know, it wasn't meant to be. It was just uh, like Harry Palm. Well, Harry Palms is obviously a cross between Harry Knowles and you know having Harry basically. 
it was a whole sort of, you know, beating off kind of thing. Another joke. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we really, with some of these jokes, you know, we go for, like, you know, real lowbrow kind of stuff, or we're not ashamed to admit that either. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very Kevin Smithy. Yeah, kind of way. That's it. And at the end of the movie, you have the other list of people to eliminate for a troopers, which is Peter Jackson, Ring Ding, James Cameron, Terminate Him, and J.K. Rowling, Witchy Woman. <laughs> We thought that would be funny, like, you know, Lucas trying to eliminate his competition or something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we never, we never, ended. actually, we never really planned on doing a sequel initially. And if we have, there was never that we're never meant to do that. And but that we, always we had, comes up, though. It, that whole, you know, like, like, it always comes up. People always want go. Where's the one where you go after you know these guys? And we, it was really not ever an idea for a film. We just thought it would be a funny cap to the end. Yeah, a way, that was a, it. Way, a way to bring it home. You know, the way to wrap up the film. Yeah. So when people ask, like, you know, were you ever planning to do that version? I said, well, yeah, we gave Jim Cameron a call, but he wasn't available. <laughs> okay, <laughs> makes sense. Um, you actually in the, in the first movie again uh, in Silent but Deadly One, you used the Howard the Duck uh, screening, which in the in the end didn't make it to the end of the movie. But uh, why Howard the Duck? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you think it's torture having to watch that film? Yes, but I mean, you could you could have them tortured even more with the special, the holiday special. <laughs> Ooh, I see. Well, I think we did think of that, but uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't mean to jump in, but I think the thing was, um, uh, it was the, the holiday special would have been too much of an in joke for right. fans. I think. I think only. I mean, the only people who really like some of those of us, like like non fans were vaguely like before, um, like for years. I had actually. Um, You know, thought I imagined it. I really started going fan sites and everything until like the website and realized that um, you know that this actually did happen. You know, and um, so people like a lot of people who aren't really part of the fan community, um, you know, casual fans or you know from that era might sort of vaguely remember seeing it. But again, they probably thought they might have just you know dreamt it because it just didn't seem real. So I think it would have been lost on a lot of like. You know, non-hardcore fans. Definitely, and mm -hmm. and it's just Lucas. Lucas is, you know, one of his quote-unquote failures that he's famous for is that film. I mean, it's Howard the Dog. I mean, that's the one everybody always sort of pins on him as his big, you know, big failure. So it's just it was just a little more global of a joke, and it and it really, it's. I think it would get more of a laugh than the holiday special. Fans might think it's funny, but uh, more globally, it would be. Something like Howard the Duck, or even something like Radio Land Murders, but no one really ever saw that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Howard the Duck was uh, is probably the, the the one that's famous, like his famous uh, quacker. Okay, uh, Sand but Deadly 2 You have AJ who comes from uh, one of Jeff's documentary uh, with the uh, French fries. Right. And uh, he goes out in a total line rage, rips his shirt off. And there's this Star Wars Celebration 2 t-shirt. Now, was that some kind of a message? Um, you know, it is kind of funny because, you know, there's that whole waiting in line thing from the Celebration 1 and 2. 
uh, and it's funny that he freaks out online and then he rips off his shirt and it's a celebration too, which is like where you wait online anyway. I, I don't think that was ever like a conscious thing in our in our uh, heads when we did it, but but after the fact, it was kind of one of those funny things. It just added to the. It was just we just basically told him to wear a Star Wars shirt, and that was pretty much just what he wore that day. <laughs> <laughs> we're never we're never quite as prepared as you think we are. <laughs> Just casual clothes. Yeah, you give us a little more credit there. We just told him, wear a Star Wars shirt. He went, well, I've got this black celebration shirt. We said, great. And, you know, the, the capper to that is he had to wear it in the next film and whatever. So that's it. once we do something, we'll keep the continuity going. But there was really no, you know, rhyme or reason to that. But after the fact, though, there were a lot of things that in all three of these films you look at after the fact, and then it's actually kind of funny. And people people sort of put things together like that. Like they'll say, uh well, it's funny that they're wearing the celebration shirt because, you know, we all waited online, ha, ha, ha. You know, and we said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and um, you entered both first, the, 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 the you entered all films in uh, at Adam Films for the Fan Films Awards. Can you explain to the regular fans what are the requirements to have a film entered in the Fan Film Awards at Adam Films in general? Okay. Well, the thing is, um, it's got to be, they don't want any kind of fan fiction films, like, you know, anything where people try to expand the universe, tell, like, stories, almost like expanded universe kind of stuff. They don't want that. They don't want you to use any, it's got to basic, basically, it has to either be a spoof or a documentary. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to, because that's the only thing you can legally do. Okay. And, I, and then more technically, like it's got to be 15 minutes or under. I mean, the first year it was 30 minutes or under, but I think they realized it's just too too long. It takes up a lot of bandwidth, so they they just um, pretty much kept it down to 15 minutes and under. And um, yeah, and you know we're finding out some some new elements <laughs> we didn't know existed. We're getting but, to that. <laughs> yeah, but but that's basically it. I mean, I know some people still. Um, I know a lot of people who who enter a lot of that fan fiction kind of stuff, um, not realizing that. But I, I think, and they'll, they'll they'll wonder why they didn't get in. But that's basically it. I mean, basically, um, because it's a revenue generating site, um, the filmmakers do get paid royalties. I mean, it's it's nothing, but um, but it's um, but since it is a revenue generating site, it can't violate any copyrights. And, That's include music, I think. Yes, especially music. That's like one of the things that they actually tell you. It's like, you know, pretty much don't even think of using any of John Williams' score because that that's totally un not allowed. Okay. And, but like, you can't use any clips. And we actually had some, you know, with Howard the Duck. We actually, when it actually went up to um, up on Adam Films, they um, we had to like block out the actual. You know, screen of Howard the Duck because in the 11th hour we weren't able to get the clearance from you know Universal to to use that, so they had to put up a. Jeff, I think we lost them. Hello. Yes, we lost them. We must have lost them, so we're gonna we're gonna be calling them back right yeah, now. I will put a. A sign. <coughs> Do I have something prepared? I'm not prepared. That's okay. We're we're just gonna do this live. Okay. Don't worry about it. I'm just adding some song at the bottom. Just, yeah. Oh, seems busy. What? 
<laughs> yeah, you know it is. It's always fun to have to do two to three things at the, the same, same thing. And um, yeah, we still have a lot of questions to ask him, so I hope we can actually get back with them online. Yeah. And uh, go. I will patch everything up in editing. That would be fun. Oh, there you go. And so it rings. Ring-a-ding. Ring-a-ding-ding. Please answer. Will we be back online with Lou? I think we are going to go to a short musical break. Okay. You have something? You have the Haver Levine right there. No, I'm gonna... Okay. So we're going to listen to Brian, La Brian Adams' Summers of 69, and we'll be right back to Star Wars Sound Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
We're back on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom with Jeff Cialetti and Lou Tambone. <clears throat> and we were talking about the uh, Atom Films fan films, award, Star Wars fan films awards. And uh, Send the Deadly 1 and 2 won awards. Hello? Um, actually, part one didn't really win uh, an award. It got an honorary mention. Okay. Or a runner-up or something like well, that. Well, honorable mention in the spirit of fandom and then runner-up in the uh, audience award. Okay. And the second one, probably two, won the spirit of fandom award. That's cool. And it, it gave you uh, a little bit of money to put on Silent But Deadly Tree, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, they, there was like a $500 check. Okay. Plus, but the trophy was the coolest part of it. <laughs> They only gave us one trophy, so we kind of have to pass it off to each other every six months. <laughs> so we've got like a six-month deal. Okay. And um, basically, to go back a little bit to uh, the uh, the requirements for movies to be entered, um, <coughs> Sign, of the, Sign of the Deadly Tree was denied entry to Atom Film fa Star Wars Fan Film Award this year. What happened? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, well, um, you, can, you can start on this one. You want me to do it? Um, I'll, I'll just, um, you, you can start and then I'll continue. <laughs> um, well, it's kind of hard to, it's hard, it's hard to really get the whole, the whole thing going, but, um, we, we didn't think there was going to be any major problem with the film. We, we anticipated a couple of scenes that we thought maybe, um, people wouldn't take to normally, mm -hmm. but... But we were sort of prepared for that in the in the you know in the in the case that they came back and said, well, the film's okay, but there's this one problem, and we kind of knew what the problems would be, so we were ready, and we we really at sort of the last minute there um, had another version edited up and ready to go, so that if they came back and said, you know, we're good to go, we just need a new edit, we could just go here you go and and have it be done. Um, being that they had parts one and parts two, it really is kind of puzzling to me why they wouldn't want the, the third. Being that it's, you know, to, to us, we feel it's the better of the three. It's longer, it's funnier, it's got more stuff in it, and it's sort of the, the, the end of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And for a 13-minute film, for a couple of seconds of stuff that's a little bit what you might call questionable, you know, here in the repressed U.S. of A., um, <laughs> You know, the, I really don't understand why the film was knocked out of the running. I don't necessarily think it was um, it was cool, especially for you know someone who's who's been in the contest before. We're regulars. We've we've actually won something. You mm -hmm. know, like well, we didn't really get a good enough explanation and a good enough reason for my liking oh. to, to know why we weren't in. Now I dug around and did a little investigating on my own because I know people here and there. And I found out some stuff, and I found out some people were turned off by a little bit of the bathroom humor and whatnot. Okay. So, so I got the heads up on that and gave Jeff a quick call and said, hey, quick, re-edit the film without these couple of things in it. So when they come back, you know, we're ready to go. And he did that. And they did come back, but unfortunately, they came back and said, we don't want you. They didn't come back and say we're good to go but without these couple of scenes which is kind of like what they sort of did with the last with the first one we had to redo the Howard the Duck thing the second one we had some lighting issues 
with this one, we figured they'd come back and say, hey, you know, guys, just fix this and you're in. But they came back and just said, nah, we don't want you in. And we said, but wait a minute, we have this re-edited version. Uh, can you just take that? And they went, no, nope, sorry. And oh. Yeah, well, it was like, it was more like, um, you know, I said, I've got this version um, without that stuff. And they wouldn't tell me what the, the issues were because they thought it was going to give us an unfair advantage. And like, well, it's not... You know, in our opinion, anything we took out was weakening the film. And we were just doing it to kind of make some concessions because, you know, we wanted to qualify and, you know, we just wanted to complete the trilogy there. Mm-hmm. And, but, we got to, so they came at what? Sorry? We got snubbed as well. Yeah, we had yeah. basically, and it was like, I mean, granted, I don't want it to, I don't want to come off like we felt we had a sense of entitlement to get in because it's not, that's not the case at all. We, we didn't like say, oh, let's just make a third film to complete a trilogy. I mean, we really put a lot into this film, and we when we took it, we premiered it, we took it to screens and everything. We had a great response, and like immediately when we when we finished editing it, like one of the things that I keep saying is, you know, we were actually laughing during the editing process, which we really don't even remember laughing during the first two because you just kind of become numb to watching the same footage over and over and over again while you're cutting it, but. But we really were laughing, and we thought, like, we really had, and, like, we were in agreement that we felt that this was the strongest one. And then we had that confirmed at premiere screenings, and then, like, the, even the day after the screening, uh, someone would, like, pull me aside on, the, on, like, a convention floor and say, oh, you're the guy from the film last night. I just want you to know I thought it was great. I thought the third was, was amazing, and it was the best of the three, hands down. And, I mean, everyone doesn't have to have that opinion. We, we would never expect anyone to have that opinion. But we feel that... It's at least as good as the first two. I mean, it deserves a I, shot. It, de- it deserves. I don't think it deserves to get kicked out of the running just for a couple of seconds, which we happily took out. And the thing that the thing that's sort of weird about that's weird about this is that you know I I sort of behind the scenes found out the reasons it was kind of kicked out, and now the the people at Adam didn't really know this. And they never came back and even said any of this. They just said, well, you're out. And when we said why, it was like, well, sorry, see you next year. And, and But I know the reason, so we had, you know, we sort of remedied it so we could get in, and they didn't want to hear it. And that's, it's kind of like really um, upsetting. I, I, like, what, what happened? Did this all become political all of a sudden? Did the people at Lucasfilm really not like it as much? Because it was screened over at Lucasfilm mm-hmm. to, be, to be included, and... And I think that's where sort of the problem began. And you know, I, I don't know. To me, I, I can I have my theories. I don't know exactly, but you know, it's, it's this whole like everything's got to be squeaky clean, and, and mm-hmm. you know, but I, and I'm not opposed to, to re-editing. You know, so I, I don't know what the problem was, and I really I still don't know what the problem is, and I really don't. I really, uh, I'm just disappointed, really, in in both sides, and in Adam's film, Adam films, and a little bit with Lucasfilm mm-hmm. too, even though they really didn't have on the website fadproduction.com uh, the version that we can download is it the edited version or the the first version that, that's the real that's the version our our main version that's the original we, version yeah. we've never we've never actually shown that edited version and hopefully now we won't ever mm-hmm. we don't technically we don't have to edit it I mean, we don't have to edit it down so okay. we'll keep our own yeah. version of it because the, the shot of the stormtrooper in the bathroom is pretty funny, so why take it out, you know? Yeah, we would have, well, no, we definitely, the only reason we would have taken it out 
was to qualify for the contest, but we're not going to take it out. We're still going to screen it everywhere we can possibly screen it. And, and just one other thing that I wanted to add about, like, not getting in. I mean, it would have made more sense. I mean, we think all three films are good. We're very happy with all three. But if any of the films were not to be accepted, we would have thought it would have been number two, and that's the one that won us the award. So it's like we're just kind of baffled. Yeah, it's really it's just something definitely strange about the whole thing. And, you know, hey, it's over now. There's nothing we can do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we still, like, we're not, it's, we, we can't really be bitter or just, sour grapes or whatever about the whole thing it's just like we kind of just have to move on it's not there's nothing we can do about it i mean adam films you know with the first two adam films has been really good to us and um you know we've had a good run with them and we like i said there's really no sense of entitlement about getting the third one up we just we just kind of felt like we, we just wanted some a few answers on because we were kind of you know we were just like well can you at least tell us why we're not making it because it seemed like we had something pretty solid and if we had an idea why it didn't make it then then we'll know but we're just never gonna know we, we do know kind of because like some of the you know the, the you know people That's yeah but i mean he, he uh, lou did some like he said he did some talking to people and i mean you know just sort of things here and there. nothing, nothing official or anything. But yeah, um, it, was all, it was all off the record stuff. Just, I can't, you know, go around saying so and so said this, so and mm-hmm. so said that. But it, but it's pretty, it was pretty solid that you know, hey, it was. Here's the story. They didn't like this and that, and and you know, if you fix it up, we'll we'll be happy to have another look at it. And it's like, hey, you know, cool. So we kind of waited for Adam to come back and say, hey, it's cool, but you got to take this out, and then we're going to go. But they never did. They just came out and flat out refused it. And to me, I don't know. It just doesn't seem... We know that the film isn't bad, and it's just as good as the other two. I mean, what, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we think it's at least as good as the other two. I mean, we... I mean, personally, our own personal opinion, I mean, obviously we're very, very biased, mm-hmm. but... Um, uh, our personal opinion that it's the best of the three, and other people have told us that as well. Probably more people. You, what, what did you guys think of it? The you, radio guys, they're on yeah. direct crew. What did, <laughs> what did you guys think? Did you think it's as funny or it stinks or what? No, no, it, it's as funny as the second. My favorite is the second one, but it's as funny. Uh, the third one is uh, as funny as the the two others, approximately. I, I really like the the part in the bathroom. The I. The first, uh, when you contact me on email, I thought oh, maybe that's because a stormtrooper died that they refused it. Yeah, uh, f- forking a stormtrooper that that was that was harsh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I actually love the third movie. Yeah, it, it's my favorite one. Uh, I must say. I think you you would think it would serve <laughs> a shot in the contest, right? I mean, do you not? Yeah. Like that or. Especially after looking at the, the, the other ones, yeah. because I, I took the time to take a look at the other uh, participants. Right. And to be honest, Silent but Deadly would more than have its its, its place right in there. I think yeah. I think one of the reasons probably was uh, kicked out of of, of the uh, contest this year is probably because it would have won first place. No, see, I don't think that way. But so. that's very nice of you, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really. We, we we never really even expect to win these things, but it's nice to have a fair shot, at least get in the running, especially when you've got our first two. Why not take the third? I mean, it's just there's this incompleteness to the whole thing exactly. now, and, and it just feels very strange to me to not be in the contest this year, you know? That's and, it. And, and I suppose they want the more 
participant available for the contest normally? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's no set number of entries. Because if you remember the first year, there were 44 finalists. And in the second year, there were only 19. So it's, it's not like we're going to accept X number of entries. This is like, like basically, if you meet their requirements and, you know, there, I guess there are certain quality levels that you have to reach as well, you're in. But I, I just think that, um, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm still kind of, kind of baffled by the whole thing like 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 I, you know it's it doesn't seem i mean like i said we, we weren't expecting to like win any awards we were happy we won an award once i mean last year was a big year we just wanted to be in it you know we wanted basically more than anything um to complete the trilogy at adam films and we and we completely as far as we know we, we still have it it's, this is not like a, a complete loss to us because we still made what we feel is a great film mm -hmm. and we can do whatever we want with it now i mean obviously we're, we're kind of bummed out a little bit because with the first two films you know we signed a pretty long-term contract with adam films and they have exclusive distribution rights on those first two we have distribution rights on the third one but we feel we can't really distribute it fully without the first two because it's a complete story yeah so if you go to convention, you can sh you can show the three back to back, because the first two are not. Uh, yeah, we, we we generally do. I just as a matter of fact, we did a couple of screens when we did the premiere. We did the premiere over here at a convention in New Jersey, and we showed all three. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, they had Fanzillacon up in uh, Massachusetts, and I screened all three there as well. And that's where um, mm -hmm. I think um, where Trey Stokes he premiered his. Um, uh, which we'll call it uh, Pink Five Strikes yeah. Back, which did make it into the mm -hmm. contest, so you'll probably be seeing that one. Because the third one really uh, is better when you see the, the first two one just before. It just closes the loop. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, because there are just references. For, I, mean, I mean, you can watch the third one, enjoy it for what it is, because it's got a lot of really mm -hmm. funny stuff in it, and if you hadn't seen the first two, it's not, like, a big deal. But, I mean, obviously, like... To really know why, I mean, we, we kind of give a recap at the beginning why these three guys are tied up, but you really kind of have to see it happen and be, an invest, and be invested in the characters. You know, you've got characters from the first two movies coming back in this one, and, you know, they go to the beach and take this guy out. You really need to see how the guy got it, and, you know, that's part of it. And yeah. But but you can still enjoy it for what it is. I mean, like I so said, we thought, you know, we laughed a lot during this film, and it was more about the Yeah, the the best comparison that can be done with the third movie is basically anyone could watch uh, James Han Bob Strikes Back of Kevin Smith, but if you've watched Clerks, Dogma, uh, Chasing Amy, and all all his other all his other movies before that, you're gonna enjoy it so much more. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a good com that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And um, at the end of uh, Silent But Deadly Three. We have this little question marks that comes in, <laughs> and we're all we're all wondering: Is there going to be a fourth Silent but Deadly? You know, Silent but Deadly Strikes Back or Silent but Deadly? <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! I got a better <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, be called that if there ever would be. <laughs> it, it, is there, or maybe even uh, Silent but Deadly: The Next Generation? Since now they're all Trekkies. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Alex. <laughs> pretty good. Um, <coughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you my take on it, and then Jeff can, can chime in on his. We, 
I, I thought I don't know if we agreed 100 percent on it, but I, I really don't didn't want to do anymore. I, I feel it's good for me. It's good. It's enough. It's done. It's just it's the same but different three times, and and we wrapped it up in a nice neat package. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I I think it's pretty much done. And I'll give you the um, story about the ending there. There, there are two different um, what we call homages. Okay. To um to other films. Uh, there there's homages to other films in. All three of these. They're all over the place. We don't generally go around saying, like, this is from this and this is from that, but mm-hmm. I'll give you guys the last two here just because you guys are so cool to have us on this show and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the cemetery scene where he dies, mm-hmm. yeah, Trooper, and that's taken straight out of the end of Godfather 3. Okay. That, that was sort of the impetus of, of the whole... That's that's actually what started the whole film. <laughs> we started with an ending and then went backward and sort of did that. Well, in my eyes, we did. Uh, Jeff probably has another whole recollection. But then the um, the thing with the helmet and the the end with the little question mark mm-hmm. that was um, taking. And I, I, it's something that I personally wanted to do because I love the '80s movie uh, Flash Gordon. Okay. Or, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but. Um, it was the 80s revival film and, uh, of Flash Gordon. I always thought it was a fun little movie. I went to see it when I was a kid. I thought it was great. And at the end, when uh, Ming the Merciless dies, there's his little ring on the floor. And uh, it says, the end, and then you see a hand come in and kind of pull the ring away, and then a little question mark pops up. And I, I wanted to mimic that in the film. Jeff was sort of iffy on it. Even. Jeff doesn't like to do a lot of homages. He's like kind of, eh, I don't know, people are going to get it, blah, blah, blah. But I, that was one I, I really stuck to my guns. I really wanted to have that just for me. I, that was that was in there. <laughs> but it worked in two ways because it, it made me happy to do that little homage. But then it also kind of did what it's doing to you guys. It's making you sit there and go, is, does this mean it's really over? Or is there going to be another one? And we kind of thought it would be fun to screw with all the yeah. fans, screw with all the fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think the uh, the style was a great idea. But like you said, you. You've done it now. You don't need to go more any further. Yeah. Right. I didn't really want to do any more. I should let Jeff give his take on it, though. Yeah. No. I, I'm pretty much in agreement about that. I, I, we. It's run its course. I think um, if we were to do any more, I think people would just start to resent us more than anything. It would be like, okay, enough's enough. You know, it was funny the first three times, and then they already did I mean, that to us on the second one. Well, yeah, but some people, enough's enough. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think. Um, I think we, we had a good concept. I think, you know, regardless of what happened with um, Adam Fells, we think we pretty much ended on top here. We really were. Um, it, we definitely didn't feel like, you know, our little mini franchise was tired or anything like that. We really thought that we were finishing on a high note, and um, it's a good place to finish. And I think... Um, I mean, I think it effectively, yeah, it does, it screws with people's minds at the end, but that's, that's the intention. You know, nothing more than that. I don't think, um, I mean, people like, like, some of the troopers who are in the film keep saying, you gotta do prequels, you gotta do prequels. I'm like, <laughs> no, you know, it's just not gonna happen. And we have, like, other films, you know, we need to make, you know, we're not always gonna be doing these kinds of films, and we, we have a lot of other stuff that we wanna do, so, um, I don't think if, if we keep doing one of these year after year, it's really gonna end up making us put other things on the back burner, which we really don't want to do. So. Okay. Well, speaking of other films, can, can we expect to see you two work together again for another Star Wars fan film or just maybe a documentary or something? 
for a Star Wars fan film? I, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, this whole the, the whole thing of Part Three making this film, even though it took a lot of time and energy, I mean, a real lot of time and energy and coordination and a lot of everything that we did on this third film was three times what we did on the other two combined. So the vibes were so good and everything was so great right up until we got rejected for the contest and the whole thing just kind of hit this rock bottom and then we have to break the news to everybody and it was it was a real disappointment on a lot of levels and it kind of made it, it kind of left me with like a bad taste in my mouth for mm-hmm. using this whole fan film genre it just we were never really we don't we never really referred to them as fan films anyway we only sort of put that label on it to get into this contest but we see them as comedic parodies, and mm-hmm. I think they stand on their own more than the typical, you know, two guys with a lightsaber in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's just, it's different, you know, yeah. and, and we, we feel that, you know, I don't know, had Jeff joined in, I don't know. No, I mean, yeah, we never, like, in terms of fan films, we kind of, uh, it seems like anybody can label, I mean, they can label anything a fan film now, like, They'll, they'll say George Lucas in love was a fan film, but it's, you know, really not, you know. Well, we're kind of more, we like to think we're more into that parody sort of thing than fan film. But, I mean, if, I, I think the original term for fan film kind of came to describe fan fiction films, you know, um, things that expand the universe. But I think Lucasfilm and Adam film sort of redefined it to mean anything that doesn't violate their copyright. So... And because these types, because parodies don't violate their copyrights, then we qualify as a fan film in their definition. So, um, but I, we definitely, I do see, I mean, I hope that, you know, we're going to work together on other projects, um, not, pro, you know, not fan films, but other film films. And um, I'm finishing up my own, like my fourth documentary now, and then I do um, plan to do a sort of a sequel to, um, Millennium's End. It's going to be more kind of like a like a bookend to the the prequel trilogy. Like this is Star Wars is done. You know, for the films are done. You know what happens now. I'm going to try to revisit a lot of the same people. And I, I do think that um, you know I'll have will probably be pretty involved in that as well if he wants to be. So yeah, and I'm all, I, I already told Jeff I'm all up for that. You know, I got no problem with that. But I think I, I think I'd like to get into more like regular sort of. Yeah, me and Jeff and I already had this this conversation about a week or so ago. I remember talking to him about this. You know, I think it's time we make like an actual film, like a like a movie, movie sort of like a Clerks sort of thing, like something that takes place in the here and now that we don't need a lot of special, fancy, crazy effects. You know, something that's funny that can get people's attention. So we just have to come up with an idea, and once we come up with the an idea that we both think we can do, then then I'm not opposed to working with Jeff again, even though we nearly kill each other just about every film. Yeah, we uh, do, really, yeah. It's more like I, a brotherly, it's a brotherly sort of thing, and I can deal with it. It's There are definitely days we go home and, and then we don't talk for like a week, so, and then, and then it comes back and it's, okay, what are we going to do? Okay, let's fix, fix, finish this. And so, it, it's a, it's it's not a rivalry, it's, it's, it, it's, it's just hard. To, to have a film with two directors because you have two different visions. <laughs> and even though you try to hone it down to one vision and you, you're on agreement 99% of the time, that 1% tends to stick out a lot and end up going, you have a couple more arguments than you normally would have. If you were by yourself, you just say, here's my decision, that's it. But now you got to think and say, wait a minute, i got two people here. i gotta, 
I got to clear this first. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, when you're when you're directing and producing and doing everything else on a film, it's hard to it's hard to somebody's got to always back down, and you have to think what's best for the film. And that and that's where it's hard. And I, I you know, we curse each other out many many a night and said, <laughs> "Well, I'm never doing this two director crap again," and blah 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 blah. But you know, it, I think we can definitely do it again. It's just. It's kind of like, I guess, like having a, you have a baby, you know? It's like you have this baby, and, you, and you, I looked at my wife when she had our last baby, and she said, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> yeah. A couple weeks later, she looked at me and said, I think we can go for three, you know? So it's, a, <laughs> it's a little, you know, it's like that. Okay. A um, couple more questions on uh, Samba Deadly, and then we'll go on something a little bit more um, family Actually, uh, production cost for Sand but Deadly was it heavy, light, medium? <laughs> um, well, I, I would say it was it was for the first one. The first one and the second one probably cost about the same. I think the second one might have even been cheaper because we didn't have to rent the SUV. Yeah. But um, but it was the first one. I think we did for about three hundred dollars, and um, the second one. We did for probably about the same, maybe a little less, like I said. But the only thing, we just used more tape because we shot more footage, but that, that's negligible. Um, and, I mean, if you factor in little things like, you know, gas costs to get to locations and stuff, we really don't. And um, I mean, Sound Daily 3, obviously, it was the most expensive. Granted, we had the, the $500 from the, um, from the prize money to use, but we went above and beyond. A lot of that kind of was... That, that barbecue scene, we bought a lot of food for that party, and that was where a lot of the money went, um, but also to, like, props and stuff like that. And, you know, with all was said and done, I think we probably spent about $50 on Sound Billy 3. So all told, we probably spent about $1,300 or $1,400 on the entire trilogy. Okay. Uh, how many hours of footage, footage did you have? You can answer this one, Lou. Many hours for which film? For all three of them. Well, the first, um, actually, Jeff, you'd know better than this. Uh, the first, I think we only had one. How many tapes did we have? One or two? We had one tape and about uh, 10 or 15 minutes of the second tape. So about, oh, about, about an hour and a half. About, yeah, just under an hour and a half, maybe 75 minutes worth of footage for the first one. And then, and then we didn't really shoot like a gazillion takes on that one. We we were under a real, real tight schedule, the one day shoot. So we were going from place to place to place, and we had to get the shots in. Um, but they weren't very complicated shots, so it wasn't that big a deal. Second one, we had a few tapes. What we have four tapes? On three, 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 three. 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 So we had three complete, three hours probably. Yeah. About three hours, and that was a, a much harder edit, even though. Uh, it wasn't as much footage uh, as the third one. I don't. I don't know why. I, I can't really explain why. But it was. It was an edit, like a grueling sort of edit. We really just seemed to drag on, and we couldn't make choices uh, correctly. And some of the footage was unusable, and uh, we really had a hard time with that. So it was about yeah, three, four tapes on that. With the, the last one now, what was the number of tape? Was it seven, seven tapes, eight tapes, seven, seven, yeah, seven, yeah. So that was. We had the most amount of footage, and editing actually seemed a lot easier on that one. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, a couple of questions from the fans. Uh, they're wondering what kind of cameras you used. Yes. Um, it's a Sony TRV 900. It's actually a discontinued model. It's a 3CCD 
um, digital. Um, they replaced it with the, um, I think it's here, 950 or something. It's pretty much the performance is the same. It's just the new model number, and it's, it's a great, great camera. The, the resolution is amazing, and um, it's, it's not up to date. And it was, it was pretty affordable. I mean, it's about, um, I think it, at the time it was retailing for just under 2000 but I got a, I got a really sweet deal because my, my family's in the appliance business, so I pretty much got the thing wholesale. So it was, I, I saved a lot, a lot of money on that, and um, so that, that was good. And it had, they had, like, the whole CBA effect on it, too, so we could have done it in post-production, and then it was actually on the day we were shooting, um, I think Lou pointed out, he presses his button as a picture. I had the camera for about two months at that point, so I was still kind of figuring it out, and... Um, and he presses his button and picks this picture effect and it's CPA tone and I'm like, I would never have known that and it saved us a lot of a lot of headaches in, in post production because if we had done the effect completely in post we had to wait for it to render and that would have taken forever. Okay. Um, question for Jeff here. Mm-hmm. Do you remember interviewing Jeff Rooney for uh, Millennium's Hand the Fandom Menace? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. He was in uh, LA. That's it. That's it. Yeah, because good. he's in the chat right now. That's why. <laughs> um, he loved these silent but deadly movies, and he's wondering which one of you could actually uh, tell tell him what kind of uh, software you used to uh, edit the films. Are you there? Oh man, not again! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, they are bugged by Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> There must be something wrong. That's it. So we uh, go back to a, a break. We're going to go back to a short musical break. <laughs> And we'll be right back on Star Wars on Direct.
And we are back to Star Wars Soundtrack, the voice of Star Wars fandom, with none other than Lou Tambone and uh, Jeff Cialetti uh, from uh, Sound of the Deadly Movies and uh, many other movies as well, as, for instance, the documentary Millennium's Hand of uh, Jeff Cialetti, uh, Defend the Menace, which is totally great. And our friend Jeff Rooney was in there. Uh, he was interviewed by, uh, by uh, Jeff. Jeff was interviewed by Jeff yeah. while he was in L.A., And uh, we were just going to be talking about uh, the uh, the type of uh, software you guys used to edit uh, the Silent But Deadly movies. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it was, it, would you believe it? it was actually iMovie of all things. Oh. And uh, yeah, we. Um, I mean, I have Final Cut Pro, but I, I the version I had when we first started doing Silent But Deadly one, I couldn't get it to work, and later I found out that my The computer that I had at the time just sucked, so uh, that's why it wasn't working. And But now I actually have Final Cut Pro 4, and I had it before we even went into Sound of the League 3, but I figured we were like, well, um, so like we did the first two on, on iMovie, and we're like, we might as well just finish it off because we have um, the, um, the title cards and all that stuff is pretty much saved to iMovie and all that stuff, and um, we were just using it, it was in terms of and plus at that point when we're, when we're editing three uh, that was another computer that i just recently got rid of because things were really kind of going very very slowly it was, it was an iBook, and um if we had been using final cut for that because especially the length of it you know i mean it, it ended up being like 12 minutes but that was sped up it was actually 24 minutes of normal speed and i was really exhausting the capacity of the computer at that point so Um, you know, decided to continue with uh, iMovie for a third one to finish it off. But I think I'm pretty much done with that program now. I think it's pretty much Final Cut from now on. <laughs> yeah, because Brian's Bri <laughs> Cut fans back there. <laughs> part, part of that was I was also being superstitious. So. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's true. I mean, it's true because, like, the other thing was um, there's just some glitches we had to worry about. Like, one thing, um, since we weren't. Because um, we were down, we, you know, we wanted to edit it in a lot in a certain amount of time, and if we were used to the the problems we had with iMovie and we knew how to fix them, but if we had problems with Final Cut, we weren't as well versed with it, and if we had run into those problems, we might have panicked a little more. So it was probably. But this, but this kind of a film didn't really need anything fancy, so we figured we could get away with using iMovie one more time, and no one would really uh, see any kind of a difference. Okay. So, uh, do you have any anecdotes or bloopers about the movie that uh, we haven't seen or haven't heard of? Uh, what do we got, Jeff? We got a there's a lot. It's just trying to remember them now. We have a bunch on tape for, for especially from part three that we're going to hopefully put into a little um, a little thing on the DVD or put them online or something. So we have we have a lot of like goofy bloopers of. Uh, like the troopers trying to pull their aprons off and things like that. Uh, really, it's really, really funny stuff. Actually, um, we have a lot of stuff with the death scenes, and you know, you know what's really funny. This is a, an idea that I pitched to Jeff. I'm not sure if he's going to go for it. It's kind of one of those against the rules of filmmaking kind of thing. But we were going to actually, or I was thinking about doing this, is taking the films as they're edited now and turning the sound up, and taking the music out, or making the music real low in the background. And actually, because if you can hear some of the things that are actually being said 
<laughs> the film, it's really, really funny. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff being said and talked about, and there's people laughing throughout it. When they're dunking the guys in the toilet bowl, everyone's cracking <laughs> up. You know, you don't see that stuff in the, in the film because it's all music playing. So I had an idea to do all three films that way as like alternate versions, just just for fun, not to really release them. Release them. That's it. The turtle, amongst yeah. all among among other things. Right, the turtle. That's it's actually two turtles. There's the real turtle, which is Jeff's pet turtle, Otis, and then there's um, a stunt turtle that we bought on eBay. <laughs> a stunt turtle. Which we which we really <laughs> threw out the window of a second floor of my house. That's my bathroom. Second floor, uh, and he survived two for two takes <laughs> before cool. he broke. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor turtle. Um, I guess I only have one more question about the Silent but Deadly movies. Why, AJ? Go ahead, Jeff. You can start that one. I'll finish. Uh, why, AJ? You said yes. Um, well, it was interesting because, like as you know, I, I had worked with him before on uh, Millennium and. And he's, he's a character, you know, and plus he, um, that whole diner scene in Millennium's End wasn't planned. That was sort of a really strange thing that happened. Uh, there's that one guy, Dan, who was from California, he, um, uh, he, he, he like wanted to know if he could be in the film. And I said I was going to be in L.A. He's like, oh, I'm from the Bay Area, though, so I'm not going to be able to really get together. I said, well, if you're ever in the New York area, let me know. So about two months later, he's like, oh, I'm going to be in the New York area. So I said, great, I'll interview you. So then I get a call from the other guy, Kurt, and he's like, well, let's meet at my house. And we got this other guy, A.J., coming, too. And I'm like, fine. And then um, they were late. They were running late. So I was, like, sitting there at his house waiting for him. And finally he called saying, you know, just meet me. Uh, there's a diner down the street. Meet me there. So we just went there and just decided to do this kind of off-the-cuff sort of roundtable thing that ended up becoming like a backbone of the film because it was just so funny. But mainly that was because of AJ. I mean, AJ is is a great improviser, and um, you know he's, he's oh, he plays a lot of different. And he's got some like you know acting experience. He's got stand-up comedy experience. He you know he just knows how to to play a character and so he, I think he was probably the first person we thought of when we say who are we going to get to play the crazed fan because it was just like we need somebody who can really ham it up and be menacing but hilarious at the same time and you know, I think AJ was like the first person to come to mind and then then we just asked him and he was happy to do it so that was pretty much that it was, it was really I think it was really kind of a no-brainer I don't know if we remember from that. It might have been more to it than that, but I think that's pretty much as far as it went. Yeah, he was he was the part. I mean, like when you envisioned it, it was him. So I, I didn't really see any and you know, any two ways about it. And judging from the fact that the Silent but Deadly Two movie was shot after Star Wars Celebration Two, um, I'm guessing this has nothing to do with the fact that AJ dressed up as Dark Gene Simon. Uh, oh, that's uh, that's Maul Stanley you're talking about, right? When yeah. he was doing the kiss thing. Yes. Yeah, that was Ma Maul Stanley. He calls that. Okay. He, he's apparently making a, a whole video of that. Yeah, that's. Be able to if you go to um, ccbanana.com, you'll see all his. Uh, projects and stuff. He's a really funny guy. He's got a lot of talent. Which explains the banana disguise in Silent But Deadly 3. 
Well, the banana, yeah, that was something I had wanted in since part two. I, I w we knew he had this banana suit, and then he goes around and does these things with the banana suit. And I said to him while we were filming part two, I said, you know, I'm going to get this banana in the film somehow. And we couldn't get it into part two, but when part three came and there was like this theme where they're all disguised, we said, hey, there's the banana. We got to use the banana. So, so that was really, it was really actually cool to be able to do that. <laughs> cool. Okay, I'm actually going to put up the link to the people in the chat And uh, for those of you who didn't get it, uh, we're going to repeat it It's www.ccbanana.com uh, One last question for you guys, both of you can, cool. we, can we expect to see you at C3? I'll definitely be there Jeff, you're going, right? Yeah, 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 we're actually probably going to be rooming together there so. Yeah, you'll see us together a lot I'm going to Hopefully, I'm going to go out all out this time. We're going to do all the all my my website and affiliates. Uh, we're going to all have like hopefully some big tables and booths and and uh, do like you know meeting everybody and all the people from my message boards are going to be getting together. Uh, hopefully, at the tables and stuff. So we, we we're really going to do it the right way this time. The first celebration that I got caught up, you know, there were so many lines and there was so much going wrong that I couldn't really do anything. It was just kind of wandering around. The second one. Was I was assistant to Nalini Christian, so I was kind of at her table all the time, all, the whole time. And then when I wasn't at her table, I was driving her and 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 uh, Mary Oyaya around all over the place. So I really couldn't even enjoy the celebration too. I was kind of kind of working in a way. So that sort of went out the window. For for part three, I'm going to do it right, and we're going to it's going to be totally about having fun and meeting meeting as many fans as I can and promoting the websites and talking about Star Wars and hanging out and having a good time. And you probably will see us there. Oh, I hope so. You guys better uh, come and harass me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sure come and say hello. Um, now's the time to ask you guys if you have anything to promote, anything coming up. Uh, of course, there's your website, www.fadproductionswithans.com and that's Faraway Discourse Productions, the... Uh, production website of uh, Jeff Cioletti right and uh, you can see you can, you can read a lot about uh, his movie uh, Chrono Trip among, among, amongst one of them uh, Millennium's and which I'm happy to see actually made it on DVD congratulations for that Jeff well it's, it's making it onto DVD it hasn't made it yet I'm in the press we, Lou and I are going to record a commentary to that and I originally Chrono, Chrono Trip oh no I was talking about Millennium's End Oh, I think he was mentioning Chrono Trip. I oh, mentioned Chrono I mentioned Chrono Trip, but first, but the 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 the, the, the last thing was the um, the Millennium Zen making. Oh, Millennium Zen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. We we're gonna we're, we're planning. We've been kind of putting it off because we got tied up with Tom um, Bailey Three and a bunch of other projects that I was working on. Um, I planned on releasing it in April, uh, but kind of. I think at this point it's. August for the Millennium's End DVD, and I plan a pretty, pretty big promotional push for that too. But um, as of right now, the one film that I've got going on, I'm premiering at San Diego Comic Con, I'm premiering a um, documentary on independent comic book uh, called uh, Inkswell, and um, that will be premiering uh, Sunday, July 25th at 11:30 a.m. at the San Diego Comic Con International Film Festival. So um, I'm currently editing that. That's my 
current project, and I really can't wait to finish it. It's, it's, it's stressing me out, but at the same time, it's, it's, I think it's probably one of my best projects, and I'm very excited about it. So if anyone's at Comic-Con, I really hope you can make it be that. And if you like comic books, you're going to love it. So Sounds great. And their website uh, to uh, Lou, maybe? And Lou's website, of course, you have uh, StarWarsWithAZ.com. Yeah, I mean, you can get to pretty much all, all my other stuff right from there. Yeah. Well, um, you know, there's the message boards. You can get to Jeff's, uh, the Fat Production site off of there. There's, you know, every other site is on there, too, that, that I'm affiliated with and that I run. Yeah. And that other people run, too, like Nathan Butler's stuff is all listed there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of good stuff there. It's a nice little hub. Yep. Very nice little hub. And uh, now's the time for the infamous Star Wars on direct liner. Sure. Do you remember it? <laughs> Do I remember it? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do I? I, wish, I wish I did. <laughs> okay. But you got it on the screen? Okay. Ba basically, it's really easy. All you have to do is... Hi, this is Jeff Cialetti, and hi, this is Lou Tambone. We're the direct director and producer of the Silent But Deadly fan film trilogy, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Okay. So you have to do this, like, a little bit together, starting with okay. Jeff, then Lou, then Jeff, then Lou again. <laughs> okay, you, Jeff, you say yours, I'll say mine, and then you say we're the producers and directors of the, and then I'll join you in the film title. Is that cool? Sounds good. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. You can do it uh, uh, a couple of times, no problem. Okay. Right. Go ahead. Oh, yes, ready. Hi, this is Jeff Cialetti. And this is Lou Cambone. And we're the producer and director of The Silent But Deadly Trilogy. Sounds Hello? pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to try that one more time? We're supposed to say, and you're listening to. Well, we're supposed to, to say that in unison. And you're listening to Star Wars on direct. Right? That's right. Yep. About that. Okay, let's try that again. Okay. Hi, this is Jeff Cialetti. And this is Lou Tambone. We're the producers and directors of The Silent But Deadly Trilogy. And you're listening to Star Wars On Direct. On Direct. Sounds that's, very good. That's cool. We're, we're going to take that. Maybe uh, do the last line hey, together. Uh, hey, Jeff, you know what we should do is you say yours, I'll say mine, and then... You say we're the producer and director of, and then we'll say the movie title together. Oh, and then we'll say and, and, then, and you say, and you're listening to, and I'll, and then we'll both say Star Wars right. on direct. That cool? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Right, okay, cool. let's so. start this in three, two, one, go. Hi, this is Jeff Cialetti, and this is Lou Cambone, and we're the producers and directors of uh, the Silent, Silent but Deadly trilogy. trilogy. And you're listening to. Star Wars on the Rex. That was fun. <laughs> Do we sound dead? Yeah. <laughs> we, have to, we have to be in sync better. Come on. So is that one of the reasons why there is no sound in your movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> say it uh, maybe uh, do a... Say it normally and I'll follow you. Yeah, or maybe just each each one of you do all the lines... Uh, that you're supposed to and we, uh, we'll build up a... We'll mix something up together. Yeah, together. Oh, okay, cool. that sounds cool. All right. All right, go ahead, Jeff. All right, so... So I, should I still pause for you, or No, what? just go, hi, this is Jeff Cialetti, the director for Sound But Deadly Fan Film Trilogy, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Okay. Hi, this is Jeff Cialetti, director of the Sound But Deadly Film Trilogy, 
And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And Lou. Okay. Hi, this is Lou Tambone, director of the Silent But Deadly trilogy, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. That's cool. Maybe Lou just uh, begin with, and this is Lou. Oh, okay. And this is Lou Tambone, director of the Silent But Deadly trilogy. You are listening to Star Wars on Direct. That's good. That's perfect, guys. Uh, listen, what are you doing uh, sometime in, in uh, mid-November? I don't know. What are we doing? Because <laughs> there's a convention up here in I'm Montreal. Getting, I'm getting married in November. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I'm going to be, uh, you know, hopefully getting drunk. Because uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's this convention up here in Montreal, so I thought that maybe you could be interested in showing the movies. Uh, oh sure. Well, yeah. If it, if it doesn't, yeah, if it doesn't clash with my honeymoon or my wedding, I'd be glad to. We, uh, could, we could always screen. We can always send you the copies. You know, if we can't make it too. That sounds great. We can always arrange for that. I'm sure. Yeah. So I mean, is, is Montreal? <laughs> you guys, is Montreal on East Side or West Side? East Side. No, it's it's a five hour drive from here. It's not far at all. We no. might be able to swing that. Depends. Well, it depends on when it is. Well, you know what the date on that is? We'll contact you later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because there are two there are two conventions in November. That's it. Yeah. But right now we're going to go to another <laughs> musical break. Let me give some time <laughs> to get my playlist now. Now we're going to let the producer find a find a proper song. Uh, a song that we didn't uh, for our listeners to listen to. Okay. Uh, okay. Stay with us, and uh, we'll be right back on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Hi, this is Lisa Stevens, president of the Star Wars Official Fan Club, and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. I'm going to go right ahead in the community update, and we're going to start talking about Darkseid Khan in Frewsburg, Germany, July 2nd, and f- 2nd to 4th, 2004. Star Wars guests include Gerald Holm, Kenneth Coley, Michael Sheard, and Paul Blake. It's uh, located in Judenherberge, Frewsburg, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's Birch like Street or something like that, 46. Birding Street, uh, 46. 57548 Kirchen in Germany. Uh, I like for, your, uh, I like your hell is <laughs> <laughs> for more information, you should visit www.darksidecon.com. Darkseed? No, it's Darkseid. It's like Darkseed is a bad guy in Superman, man. Don't mix up. Thank you. <laughs> Brian just did a little mishaps here. Uh, there's going to be a sci-fi toy, sci-fi and toy convention in Mexico, July 2nd to 4th, with Star Wars guests Jeremy Bullock and Rena Howen. Uh, it lo- it's located in Central Banamex, Podromo de las Americas. For more information, you can visit their website at www.sci-ficon.com. It's getting better every website. <laughs> there's the Sci-Fi Expo in Richardson, Texas, from July 10th and 11th. 2004, Star Wars guests include none other than artist Billy D. William, who was Lando Calrissian, the ladies' man, the ladies' man, and our big friend Peter Mayhew. Location is Richardson Civic Center, 411 West Arapaho Road, Richardson, Texas. Hours are from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday and 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday. For more information, you should visit www.sci-fi-expo.com/sfexpo.asp and you'll get all the information about admission and everything. We're going to mention right now San Diego Comic-Con coming up July 22nd and 25th. Star Wars guest is Steve Sansweet, Mark Hamill, Irvin Kirshner, Billy D. Williams, Zakaria Jansen, Kit Fisto, <laughs> Dave Barkley, Mike Quinn, Mercedes and Go, uh, Margot Apostolas, Kevin J. Anderson, Greg Bear, and Rebecca Mahesta. So all the family will be there 
And there's more. And there's more because there is a Star Wars Day at Star Wars at the uh, San Diego Convention Center at Comic-Con. And I'm going to give you all the very nice detail about this right now. Star Wars Day at San Diego Comic-Con International. Friday, July 23rd will be Star Wars Day once again at San Diego Comic-Con International. Repeating a well-loved Comic-Con tradition, Star Wars fans can look forward to a day of panels, presentations, and fun all about the galaxy far, far away. Comic-Con runs from Wednesday night, July 21st, through Sunday afternoon, July 25th, at the San Diego Convention Center, and there will be Star Wars event or things to do every day. Here's what's coming up for Star Wars Day, Friday, July 23rd. I just need to get there. (coughs) Beginning at 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., Star Wars Clone Wars Fiction. Representative from Lucasfilm, Del Rey, and Dark Horse Comic will be joining and will be joining Star Wars author Stephen Barnes, The Cesta's Deception, and Sean Stewart, Dark Rendezvous, for discussion, questions, and answer about Clone Wars literature and comics. Lucasfilm's Pablo Hidalgo is scheduled to moderate. Ooh, this will be hell. <laughs> you want to do this? There you go. What's new in Star Wars from Hasbro will run from 11:30. AM to 12:30 PM in room 9. The markers of the perennial popular Star Wars toys will show off what's coming in their fall 2004 lineup. Expect inside information and answers from Hasbro staff. And you never know, there could be a surprise or two in the store. Bum bum bum. <laughs> Special action figures. That's it. I something. think so. Then LucasArts will have a presentation from 1 PM to 2 PM in room 2. See the trailers for the hot new LucasArts games, then take some time to ask questions of the producers and the staff. The official Star Wars fan club will present will have a presentation from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Meet staff from Lucasfilm responsible for the official Star Wars fan club club, that StarWarsShop.com <laughs> and StarWars.com Hyperspace. And from IDG Entertainment, publishers of the Star Wars Insider, Steve Sansweet, head of fan relations at Lucasfilm, moderates a question and answer session on the new fan club magazine and online store. Follow then at 3 p.m. There will be a Star Wars trivia until 4 p.m. in room 1B. Test your your skill at Star Wars trivia in the contest sponsored by local fan club, the San Diego Star Wars Society. And then the Star Wars continuity, keeping it straight in the galaxy far, far away, will run from 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. Um... It's a big galaxy, popular Star Wars novelist Tim Zan and Greg Keyes. Comic book author Jeremy Barlow joins staffers from Lucasfilm Delray to discuss just how they keep track of all of those planets, characters, aliens. Come and listen in and ask some questions. Friday is only one day of the big Star Wars presentation at Comic-Con. Here's a look what's happening on the other days. Thursday night, there's a Star Wars Film Film Awards at 8.30 p.m., room 20. Star Wars is the official fan club breakfast, Marriott Hotel and Marina. Order tickets from StarWarsShop.com. And then there's Sunday, there's the kids. Learn how to draw your Star Wars Arthur John Coroni. 12.30 p.m. Room 1A. That's it. And that's it. That's it. And I'm going to go ahead and mention a little something that dropped by FanForce this week. Oh, I forgot to mention one thing. There's a Star Wars Spectacular with Lucasfilm's Steve Sands recent guest on 12 noon in Hall H. That's important. That's really important. That's really, really important. And to go back to the fan force thing, uh, Star Wars Celebration 3, uh, even though is still far away, it's coming fast. 
and uh, Jedi Master Sal of the Pittsburgh Fan Force has been given authorization to coordinate Celebration 3 Fan Force group, group discount hotel rooms for all of Fan Force. The deadline to get a discount room uh, group reservation with Fan Force is July 1st. The more people we have signing up for the Fan Force group rate, the cheaper everyone's rate will be. <coughs> the message from Sal is as follows. I am authorized to negotiate a group rate for all of FanForce. It is my hope to secure a full hotel connected to the convention center by Skywalk for all of FanForce before the general public is able to book rooms. I am fairly confident that is possible. What I need from you all is a tally of firm numbers of interested people from your respective FanForce chapters. Also, if you have some possibles, you may give me a count of, of those as well. Please format your number as such. As such. The name of the, of the FanForce, which is for this instance, Pittsburgh Fan Force, 14 firm, 6 possible. So X firm, X possibles. X firm, Y possible. X, Y. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I, will need your, I will need your tally no later than July 1st so that I may compile the list and start negotiating with Gen Con, the promoter of Celebration 3. The 501st already has a deal through them for 250 rooms, but I am confident that with the combined presence of Fan Force, we'll be able to have many more rooms requested and could then present a valid case for special consideration in regard to discount rates and pre-booking. The room rates quoted to me so far, this was by one specific hotel, so rates may differ slightly, were as such. $134 per night for a single person double bed, $144 a night for a single two-person, one king bed, $154 per night for a single three-person, one king bed, one rollout bed, and $164 per night for a single four-person, two double beds. These numbers have not been, been guaranteed. The price quotes and room size were only an, an initial quote, and that by submitting a request, it does not guarantee that a chapter will have room reserved for them. A deal first has to be made with Gen, with Gen Con. Once that deal is done, we know Gen Con is holding those rooms. Can, can we count on it to be a guarantee? The submission of request is to show to GenCon proof of what FanForce is proposing. By the way, chapters can submit requests after July 1st deadline, but I need to get the proposal into GenCon on that date. If other chapters want to sign up after the deal can be made, that can only that can only serve to bolster our numbers and position. They are welcome to join. It should be noted, though, that if a deal is made for the room numbers I submit on July 1st at GenCon, men may only be able to honor that amount of rooms, so urgency is needed. Should the actual rates of different, whether higher or lower, w you will be notif 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 notified. Naughty. You will notified. Be no you will be notified immediately after I receive that information. The bed size may vary by hotel. You will also be notified of that should it differ in what is quoted here. The information contained in the replies I receive will figure prominently in the negotiating process and, as a result, will need to be as accurate as humanly possible since a contract will most likely need to be drawn up. Do not pad your numbers, only firm number, please. The possibles may be taken into account, but I suspect that unlikely. We as FanForce cannot be responsible for extra rooms not filled, so once again, I urge you to be absolutely confident with your figures before you, sum you submit them to me. Since this is just the beginning of the negotiation phase, I do not yet have any answers regarding who, how, and when you will be able to pay for rooms. Rest assured that I will post this information immediately after finding out so has to give you and your respective members as such time as possible to make whatever decisions you need to make regarding payment. If there are any questions regarding C3 booking, room booking, please PM me for now and I will answer that 
a special trade be made for this, which will include an frequently asked question section. Let's show our force, signed Jedi Master Sal. Um, sounds great. People, wherever you are right now in North America, in the world, if there is a fan force in your country, I highly suggest you report to your CR, city representative, or RSA, or even RSA, but preferably CR. Yes. And uh, RSA if CR is inactive, <laughs> and just uh, give your name up for that list because the more we are, the more we show we can stand up together, and the more pressure we can put on Gen Con and Lucas. Or we can show that we're a force and they'll want to accommodate us. That's it. It's a risk to take. I think it's a good. It's, I think it's a good risk. There's, to take. Al there's always the motel one, the dumpster. Mm. Yeah. No, but but Lucas will have something for the fan club members, and uh, after that for the general public. That's it. So, what what can be done? I don't know. This will have to be. Uh, this will be. A, this is a to be continued story. Yep. On this uh, note, I will go to. My little uh, self-proposition of the fact that we're going... There's a convention in Toronto at the uh, International Double Tree Plaza in Toronto, Canada. And there will be a couple of uh, Star Wars panel hosted by me, myself. Yours truly. Yours truly. Not me, but Sebastian. Me, that's right. Uh, Star Wars and Spirituality on uh, Friday, July 2nd at 10 p.m. The uh, basic... Star Wars spirituality will be aborted in that uh, in that panel. Promises to be a very interesting one. There's going to be a little uh, presentation of Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, which is a basic history of the Jedi themselves. So if you want to join in, feel free to come by. And there's also going to be a Become Your Own Radio Station presentation on how we managed to do each and every Star Wars on Direct show every, <laughs> every two weeks like that without cracking up and like getting psychological help. No, please. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You're coming to take Seb. I'm sorry the white men are here with my white jacket, so <laughs> I'm going to have to close up this show. <laughs> I'm really sorry, people. I just do that. Uh, basically, right now, Jeff Rooney will be at the Comic-Con, and he will also be at the uh, Star Wars Breakfast. But if you're looking, at, if you're looking into going at Comic-Con... Uh, please contact us because we're still looking for a man or a woman, for a man or a woman, with good communi communication skills like not like me, <laughs> who's doing the major convention circuit in the U.S. Dragon Con, Gen Con, Comic Con, Wizard World, etc. Send us an email at studio at swendirect.com with the title SWD correspondent in it. Now for the closing of this show. July 11, 2004 will be our next show. It's going to be an interview with Stephen Barnes about the Cestus Deception. Uh, if you have any comments on the show or you would like to make any suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to Mud is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. Of course, if you want to send us any questions to be asked to, to Mr. Barnes, feel free to do so at studio at swendirect.com as well. Or just suggestion or commentaries. Which I already said. Oh? Yeah. Okay. Instead of, like, follow what I say. 
We'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, Sitland.net, Legends Action Figures, our web hosting services, simple-net.ca, and our partners, FurryConflict.com, Trek Wars, the, Fur- the Furry Conflict Audiodrama, Episode3.net, Millennium Falcon, Galactic Hunter, Keeping Collectors on Target, and StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio. This is Romitez, Lunatic, and Kit Fisto, saying, see you next time on Star Wars on Direct. The voice of Star Wars fandom. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct. The voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swandirect.com for more information about upcoming shows. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Citlan.net, c'est les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe, et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.citlan.net. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars Fan Audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars Fan Audio community, and the only Fan Audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while.